0: Welcome to the world of darkness. This is Bay Area by Night of Empire The Masquerade Chronicle. Help set the mood. I've got a couple of passages I'd like to read briefly before we begin our prologue. A reading from the Chronicle of Shadows. Resist, resist, their path disregards hunger, blood, and body. Trust not the ones with bright eyes towards the dawn. Remember always, it is the dawning that brings your death. A reading from the Chronicle of Secrets. Quiet, hear the ravens cry. The stillness of the wind, rising hot on the street, the towers hide the darkness of the day. When the Sombra's dreams come true, on the day when the moon runs as blood and the sun rises black in the sky, this is the day of the damned, when Cain's children will rise again and the world will turn cold and unclean things will boil up from the ground and great storms will roll, lightning will light fires Animals will fester, and their bodies, twisted, will fall. So, too, our grandsires will rise from the ground. They will break their fast on the first part of us. They will consume us whole. Sounds like a hot date. <laughs> <laughs> so, our story begins with a brief prologue. Not set in the, the Bay Area, but a couple hours south in the college town of Santa Cruz. Whoa. It's about 4.30 in the morning. It's cold, the wind's blowing, there's a fog rolling in off the ocean, and there's a figure standing outside of a house at the end of a very, very far out private lane. The house is nice, expensive, has a beautiful view of the ocean. The figure standing in front of it doesn't seem to be affected by the cold. Probably because he's dead. Burke, you are that figure standing in front of that house. Could you please describe yourself and what you're wearing this evening?
1: I'm Burke Devlin. I am a death rocker. Uh, That is my mask. Um, uh if, if I'm stalking in the night, uh, be wearing my, uh, my scene clothes, which is traditionally black jeans and leather, a graphic t-shirt, probably with something with black and white with bones on it. All right. And, uh, my quite pale and fair angular features. And the death Rock hair okay about as as big as our, as big as it'll allow, my hair product will allow <laughs> All right
2: love it
0: <laughs> So Burke, you've been standing outside of your house for about a half an hour now you're getting tired you can feel the dawn approaching quickly you know it's off about about a half hour or so and you'd really really rather be inside asleep but... About half an hour ago, you got a text message from Mr. Shadow telling you to wait outside. Now, of course, this isn't how your night, how your night started, of course. As the sun set over Santa Cruz and bathed the, the boardwalk and its random passerbys and the, the dying embers of the sun, you rose and you woke up finding a note sitting on your bedside table from Mr. Shadow. Now, this is not an uncommon occurrence. Mr. Shadow frequently will come by and leave notes for you in your house, but it's never not deeply unnerving to find something from Mr. Shadow when you weren't expecting it.
1: <clears throat> well, when Mr. Shadow calls, he really makes an entrance.
0: Exactly. What
1: What is it this time?
0: So the note, as you are aware... Told you that you need to go to Oakland to meet the the mayor, the mayor, the baron of Oakland. Yes, you have business in the Bay Area. The exact details of said business were very vague, only that you were looking for a troublemaker. About 15, 20 minutes later, after you read your letter, you received a text message from a Dr. Robinson. The text message reads, Hi, Burke, smiley face emoji and waving emoji.
2: Oh, I Heard you going on a
0: trip. Have fun, in the, have fun in the city. Make sure you pack warm. Frozen face emoji. Your ride will arrive before dawn. So, I, go I, ahead, Burke.
1: I'll, I'll text him back. What are you, my parole officer?
0: Later. <laughs> Later, Doc. <laughs> you receive a simple LOL. Thumbs now. up. All right. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and this will basically roll you through your night up until 4.30 when we pick up back with you. So, first question. Did you visit the temple tonight?
1: I always visit the temple.
0: Okay. Second question. Did you feed while you were there?
1: I took some pleasant some pleasantries, yes. <coughs> okay.
0: Third question, and this is the one that I, I'm almost certain I have the answer to, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Did you visit or check in on Liddell?
1: I had one of my ghouls take care of it tonight. Okay. So one
0: of your ghouls went to check on her? Yes. Okay. Did you visit anyone else personally before you went home?
1: Uh, No, I I needed time to meditate on things.
0: Okay. Okay. Excellent. So that brings us back to where we are now. As I said, about 4 o'clock you received a text message from Mr. Shadow telling you to wait outside, and you have been doing so for the last half hour. You're incredibly tired. It's been a long night, the feeding went well, things are going well at the temple, you're waiting to hear back from your ghoul about Liddell, but everything is more or less in order as much as it can be before you leave. As things are getting closer to 4.45, 4.50, you're starting to feel the dawn creep up on you. It's making you incredibly tired. Now, you're safe where you're at. The, the location of your house is shielded enough from the sunlight that you could theoretically fall asleep dead right there on the, on the sidewalk until about mm, noon or so and be fine before the sun actually hits you and turns you into a crispy pile of dust. I I'd, I'd
1: risk such a such a thing for my sire anyways if he asked it of
0: me very good.
2: be nicer than I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now for, for now as you're standing there waiting, you hear off in the distance what sounds like music, but you can't quite make out what it is. It's just very loud and then over the horizon you see two pairs of lights coming down the road towards you and the music starts to get a little bit more clear and you realize it's limelight by rush and it is blasting fucking loud and it's just geddy lee singing his heart out out there
1: I will choose freedom. Let's start tapping my finger. Dun, dun,
0: dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. What is it? Uh, yeah. So, the as the the lights approach you, you notice that it's a 1970s vintage era black Dodge van. It's coming very fast. It's coming down towards you, and the music is louder and louder. It makes a hairpin turn. To a screeching halt right at the curb next to you. You notice on the side of the, of the van there's a wizard painted on it in a purple robe. The wizard is casting fire with one hand and holding a bong in the other.
2: I love everything about that.
0: <laughs> the music goes down to a dull roar and then quickly off, probably because it's been the knob turned very quickly and the engine cuts off shortly after. You hear the Driver's side door open, and then shut, and a moment later, you see a face you recognize. He's about 5'8", long but thinning blonde hair, very thin. Looks like like a junkie because, well, he's an ex-junkie. Skin leathery from years in the sun. His name is Charlie. He's dressed in a pair of beat-up jeans, got a flannel t-shirt on, or a flannel shirt over his t-shirt, and he's got a big beard. There's a striking resemblance to that, that wizard on the side of his van. As he comes around the side, he says, Oh, man, hey, Burke, I'm so sorry it took me so long, man. You know, I came out here as quickly as they told me to.
1: You better take it easy on that 8-track. You might have to update to a cassette soon. He
0: laughs. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. hey, man, I can't I can't help it, man. This is what it is. Now, you know Charlie from... What, he's one of Dr. Robinson's stars, as it were. A former heroin addict, Charlie made a a big turnaround in his life when he joined the, the Golden Dawn. I'm sorry, the New Dawn program mm-hmm. cleaned up his life. I didn't say, how old been. is he? Charlie's a human.
2: He's in his oh, okay.
0: probably late fifties. I
2: suppose he could be new reformed order of the Golden Dawn, but anyway,
1: is he aware of? Our, uh... He's
0: aware enough. He's not a ghoul, but he knows what's going on and. Because of what Dr. Robinson helped him do in kicking his habit, he's willing to let a lot of things slide and just kind of let it be.
1: He's comfortable with our peculiarities. Exactly. Right. Okay.
0: So as he comes around the van, comes around the side door and says, I know it's not much, but it's the best I can do. He opens up the door and you see inside the van. It's not bad. There's some carpet on the ground, the walls are padded. There's a mattress in there. Windows are all tinted black. There's also a body bag sitting on the on the bed. Swanky. He looks at the body bag. He looks at you and says, "Hey man, I know it's not the most comfortable thing in the world, but it'll keep the sunlight off of you."
1: Well, if I, if you're able to keep the light out, you can party with me one night. But once one lick of sunlight and it'll be the opposite. I'll party with you.
0: Oh, oh. You betcha, buddy. You betcha. So.
1: Now, if you can keep the music a bit more refined, try Danzig.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You know what, man? I think I got some Danzig on my MP3 player. I'll boot, I'll uh, crank that up once we get you in here, okay?
1: I'm just messing with
0: you. <laughs> oh, Burke, you're a good guy. All right. Here we go. So he goes in and he unzips the body bag and I assume you climb in?
1: Uh, I'll wait till the uh, till, uh, for a little bit.
0: Alright. So, you wait a few minutes probably maybe five or ten really let that, that uh, dawn creeping exhaustion set in a bit.
1: I like to see the gloaming test my limits. Fair
0: enough. You make it long enough to see the sky turning a little bit purple, just a smidgen, but your eyes and your body are screaming at you to fall asleep. So you make your way into the van, crawl into the body bag, Berg zips you up and says, Nighty night, bud. I don't say they anything. It, right? <laughs> he zips the bag shut, you hear the door slam beside, over to the side of you, he gets in, you hear the van start up the music silence you hear just the fierce few notes of twist of cane and like that you're out dead to the world as the van takes off into the night or the early morning rather
1: just like my human lullabies <laughs>
0: ongoing chronicle is Area by night this is chapter one strange days yeah our story begins properly on a monday of all days it's october the morning is cold and foggy in the bay area the mortals of the the world are going about their business getting up for work going to school doing whatever it is that they do the fog burns off by the midday. Temperatures don't really rise much above seventy or so. It's a beautiful day, and as the sun begins to set off in the horizon, and the people start making their way home from work, from school, from wherever they are, living their lives. Three kindred wake up. Three kindred who are unaware that their lives, unlives, rather are about to take a drastic turn and that tonight will be the night that could potentially change their own lives forever. This is this us? Yes. Yes, it is.
3: <laughs>
0: so, we're going to start with uh, Sunny. Hey. You wake up, I assume, in your apartment? Yes. Okay. You wake up yeah, shortly after sundown. It's another Monday. You go about your usual pre evening routine, whatever that may be.
3: Making a lot of noise to piss off my neighbor.
0: There you go. Your phone buzzes. It's a text message. It's from a Baron James Bell. Now this is not uncommon or unusual for you, you've done you do work for the, the Baron regularly. He uh, owns or has an interest in basically every club in Oakland. And as you typically are a bouncer, he tends to be the one who's inadvertently paying your, your checks. Right. The text reads, Sonny, come by the North Pole as soon as you can, with a rose emoji at the end of it. Now you know, having worked for the Baron for a couple of years now, that if he's sending out a rose emoji... This is kindred business. This isn't just the usual, hey, I've got a job for you. This is something special. What would you like to do? Uh,
3: I text him back, uh, tell him I'm on my way. All
0: right. Excellent. So um, I'm going to ask you a couple questions before you head out. First, uh, where is your apartment located? I don't know,
3: someplace by Lake Merritt.
0: Okay. Uh, Second question do you drive?
3: Yes, but prefer not
0: to. Okay. So how are you planning to get to the club? To downtown?
3: Uh probably take I take a bus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. bus rides. Oh, look. I think I... Sunny Sunny's got a bike, but it's probably it's perpetually broken. Okay.
0: Fair enough. So <laughs> it's gonna take you about 15 20 minutes or so to get there by bus so as you gather yourself and your things for the the night oh before we before we, you head out can you go ahead and describe uh what sunny looks like and what her general attire is
3: right uh sunny which is a nickname for sunny, is about six feet tall uh, she's tan, has angular features, um, kind of medium long, uh, dark straight hair, dark eyes. Um, she dresses kind of like, uh, like 80s, 90s, goth punk, and she's usually like casually dressed in like. Graphic
0: teaser, or band tees and okay. All right, excellent. So, Sunny has dressed herself. She's responded to the Baron. She's heading out to catch the bus. That's going to be about yeah, fifteen twenty minutes. So, we're going to go ahead and jump across across the bay to check on our friend Sylvia. Yay, Sylvia. The sun has set, you've woken up, you're going about your usual early evening business, and you receive a text. It's from a Nosferatu friend of yours named Max. Text is very simple. It just says coffee, question mark, and a location address. Now, if you were to punch that information into Google Maps or any other map program for that matter, it would not give you a coffee shop it would give you the college of alameda um campus address you know max tends to use this as his most common form of subterfuge there's obviously two coffee shops very nearby to the location if anyone were to intercept this text it would seem like he probably just mistyped a number there's a starbucks about a half block away and a Pete's maybe a block away from where you where this location is. Very easy to transpose a number. But you also know that if he's asking you out for, if he's asking you for out for coffee, that he's definitely got some information that he wants to give you that's interesting. Right. So, what would you like to do?
2: Um, I text back on my way. Okay. And uh, since he knows me, he knows that means I'm gonna be late. Okay. And uh, I start getting myself ready.
0: All right. And uh, what does Sylvia look like, and what is her general style of dress?
2: Sylvia's like six ish She is very pale in a kind of consumption Victorian look. Uh, very sharp features, gray eyes, dark hair, it's kind of bushy. Uh, she tends to wear romantic goth clothing, because, you know, let's do this. Uh, okay. She's going to be <laughs> wearing... Yeah, you know, let's. I'm living the dream. Uh, <laughs> a black lace frock with a handkerchief hem and a giant Stevie Nick shawl. She wears oh, more. Yeah, come on, More uh, silver jewelry and like glass beads than any one person should rightly own. Uh, nice. Dark lipstick and heavy eyeliner, kind of like a Theta Barra look. Uh, yeah, there you go.
0: Very good. Uh, so she's right. basically you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and
0: my shells are not that big. <laughs> Alright, so two questions. Uh, or actually no, that's that covers one question. Second question, uh, how are you playing to get to Alameda?
2: I am going to take a cab.
0: Okay. Fair enough. So your cab ride's gonna be about half an hour or so. So, we're going to go ahead and jump around in time just a smidgen. Burke, when you awoke this evening, you were still in a body bag. Uh, this...
1: <clears throat> was I being jostled around?
0: Oh, yes. A little bit. Actually, when you woke up, the, the fan wasn't moving. It was idling, and you could hear what sounded like Dio. You couldn't tell if it was Black Sabbath with Dio or just Dio by himself, but it was definitely Dio singing. You could also vaguely hear some kind of conversation between Charlie and somebody else, but yeah, you couldn't really tell who, what was going on. And then after a couple of minutes, the car started back up into drive and you felt the, car, the van moving. The van carried on for a couple more minutes, comes to a stop. You, you can hear the music turned down a little bit and then you can feel Charlie shuffling around at the back of the van. And the zipper slowly moving down from the body bag. And there's Charlie looking down at you. He says, hey, Bark, really sorry about that, man. I was just trying to get us parked at the club, and this fucking guy there was telling me I couldn't park in the back. And this old Jesus fucking Christ, man.
1: You're lucky it wasn't a cop. I was about to scream for help.
0: (laughs) Oh, Jesus, man, I'm really glad you didn't do that. I can't deal with that tonight, man.
1: It's all right. Where are we?
0: All right, so uh, we're a couple blocks away from the club. Um, he brings out his phone, and he brings up a map, and he says, Okay, so we're here, he points to his phone, and the club is here. It's about a block and a half up and to the right from where you're at currently. Um,
1: this is this as close as you could get us?
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to draw a whole lot of attention to, you know, going into the back and open up a body bag. He sort of shrugs. Amateur. Sorry. <clears throat>
1: uh, what time is it?
0: It's uh, shortly after sunset, so maybe six o'clock. It's fairly dark. I just start walking. Okay. Okay. So, as you begin walking down the street, you're... You've got a vague idea of where you're headed. The, the streets of Oakland in this part of the town are relatively nice. It's downtown. It's been renovated. Been gentrified. Whole lot of fucking crackers around here. Because, of course. But the unmistakable scent of pot smoke floats throughout the wind and the area. It is comforting in its own way. Amsterdam. Now, exactly. <laughs> now we're going to jump ahead to Sonny for just a moment. Sonny, you uh you get to the club before Burke does. Do you go through the front or do you go through the back?
3: Uh, since it's kindred business and I'm not there to drink, I go through the back and go upstairs to uh, Bell's office
0: alright so as you head around through the employee parking lot to the back you see there's a one of the kitchen staff out back having a cigarette he waves to you he's like hey Sonny how's it going hey man what's up Oh, I had to just tell this fucking guy off. He was trying to park back here every, I swear to God, every fucking night I come out here. I got to chase some of these fucking yahoos out of here. They're always trying to park back here. They don't look at the fucking sign. The sign says no parking. Employee parking only. We will tow you away. And this fucking guy tries to come back here and park. And he's just going on about this fucking guy in a black van who tried to park back here for a good couple of minutes. Just rambling and pissing and moaning and smoking. Uh,
3: I friend sweetly cut him off with, like, a, Hey, man, sometimes you need a safe place to trip about. And he probably would have left after a couple hours. I gotta go upstairs.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, sure thing, Sonny. I'll see you later. Take it easy. So, as you make your way through the kitchen door, some of the other kitchen staff sees you. They know you. They wave. They nod. Whatever. You make your way through the kitchen into a small sort of hallway alcove area uh, to your immediate left and a couple feet ahead of you. There are a couple of old school, very old payphones, payphone booths with sliding doors. Uh, they do work. Mm hmm to your right, a little a little bit over to your right, uh, a couple feet down are two bathroom doors. They are both marked as just restroom. One has the the only difference between them is one has the handicap placard and the other doesn't. Directly in front of you at the end of the hall is a door that leads a swinging door that leads out onto the main floor of the club and just next to that door on your right is a staircase leading upstairs to the second floor. Mm-hmm. And you've gone upstairs, on the second floor Things are a little cramped. The hallway is a little tight, but on the immediate left of you, there is a door that has a star on it. It's gold. Inscribed on it is the name Shelley Williams. A couple feet down from that, maybe five or so feet, there's another door. It's for talent. And immediately to your right, about mm, four feet, is a door marked James Bell owner. It's closed.
3: Uh... I knock a few times on the door.
0: Okay. You hear a voice inside say, come on in.
3: Uh, I go inside and greet the Baron.
0: Alright. So you, as you enter the room, it's a very nicely furnished office. There's a nice leather couch on the far wall. There's a desk. There's a couple of very nice chairs in front of the desk. There's a Small standing piano. There are bookshelves full of various kinds of books, mostly mostly about music. Uh, there are some signed photos of various jazz singers and jazz musicians from over the years, some of which with the Baron. And behind the desk, a big mahogany, beautiful desk, polished with a computer to the far right, a phone on the left and a small wooden polished box next to the phone. There sits an older African-American gentleman, probably at a guess in his 60s. His hair is short, graying. He's got a bit of a goatee. Very warm smile. And he says, Sonny! Sonny James, it is wonderful to see you. How are you, my dear? Is Baron James Bell. And he stands up from his desk and makes a gesture to welcome you into his office.
3: Uh, I stroll in, take a plop down on the chair across from the desk that's always there. Uh, say, "Hey, Baron, what's going on? I haven't talked to you in like a week."
0: Ah, uh, yes, Sonny, it's always good to see you. I know it's—I know you've been busy. You've been doing an excellent job bouncing for me always top-notch work. How's how's things with you? How how are, how's your life as it were, he says. Uh,
3: you know, things have been really good. I'm really appreciative of the work that you've been throwing my way. Uh, if you do you have anything else for me as that wife called me here?
0: I do. I do indeed. He um sits back down in his chair and Folds his hands over his in front of him and he says I'm of course certain you're aware of the situation in the city the past couple, the, the last month and a half or so, correct?
3: Yeah, things have been a little off.
0: You could say that, yeah. <laughs> so, well... He leans back in his chair, and he seems to be thinking for a moment. He begins to speak again. Sonny, it's... I have a favor to ask. It, not so much a favor as a job offer. We've got, uh, well, to put it bluntly, we've got a, a friend coming into the city shortly. Presently, he looks at his watch and kind of gives it an eyeball and says, I assume very soon. He's an out-of-towner. He's got some business here. I owe it someone he knows a favor. You know how it can be sometimes. Business, it is what it is.
3: Yeah, for sure. What do you need from me?
0: Well, I need you to keep an eye on him. I mean... I'm giving him... Eh, and he kind of slumps a little bit and kind of pinches the bridge of his nose and sighs. And The favor... The favor called in is kind of big. I didn't ask too much... I didn't ask too many questions about what exactly this business our friend has in, in town or in the area. But a favor's a favor. He's being granted... Eh, I'm giving him domain at a haven within the city. Oh shit! Yeah, like I said, a favor's a favor, right? Now, I don't want to say that I don't trust Malkavians, because that's rude. I understand. But with the camera, with the situation in the city, and the Malkavians tendency to help out the Camarilla Uh, I want to make sure our friend doesn't get into any trouble you understand of course
3: yeah of course we're really helping him out
0: good good so basically what I'm asking and he reaches into his desk and pulls out an envelope and hands it to you it's a very thick envelope he says I need you to keep an eye on him. Make sure he stays out of trouble more or less. Help him out if you can. Let me know what he's up to. If he's getting into any business that he possibly shouldn't be. And he hands you the envelope over. And you can tell by the weight of the envelope that it is very filled with cash. If you were to open that envelope, you would find about ten grand in cash sweet uh i take the envelope but
3: don't open it and just put it in my jacket pocket i trust that the money's there excellent Uh, no problem baron i got this thank you for trusting me with this where do i meet this guy and what do i tell him well
0: sonny that's the thing he's gonna be meeting me here and like i said presently so once we wrap up our little meeting here, I'll walk you downstairs. You can wait for him there. Once he's, once I finish meeting with him, I'll introduce you. I don't want to scare our friend off just right away. Uh, basically, like I said, keep an eye on him. Report back to me periodically on his goings-on, as it were. Make sure he's not causing any undue trouble for us as... Uh, a city, as it were, because I don't need the camera breathing down our necks any more than they already are. And, uh, you know, make sure he, uh, doesn't cause too much trouble. But before you go, two things. One, the, uh, envelope I just gave you, that's to garrison or to let you know how serious I'm taking this business. As this business goes on, I will have one of my assistants drop off further payments to you at your haven. Mm. We'll call it 5000 a week. Is that okay with you?
3: That's more than okay with me, boss.
0: Excellent. And then he turns to his computer, he punches in a couple of keys, and a panel on the left side wall moves aside And you see a very well-lit collection of firearms in a display. He says, now, of course, I don't want to send you out there unarmed, of course. So please, take your choice. But, he says, and points to the AK-47 on the wall, you leave Bessie alone.
3: I wouldn't dream of taking Bessie from you, sir.
0: I appreciate <laughs> that. So, as you, I assume you walk towards the uh, weapons case in the yes. wall. Yes. All right. It is filled with mostly small arms, 45s, 9 millimeters, a couple of 22 pistols, some very sharp knives. All of this stuff, highest quality. All of it, very nice. All of it has each item has a small rose engraved on it somewhere.
3: Of course it does.
2: That's nice? Yes, Roses course. are nice. <laughs> like
0: what a... would you What would you like to arm yourself with?
3: Uh, let me take one dagger that I'll fit into my boot.
0: Okay. Um Oh, and there are I'm sorry, there are also holsters concealed carry holsters for all the 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 weapons in the case.
3: Okay, great. Um All right, I want one dagger that'll fit into my boot. Okay. Um A holster for a knife that will Fit in on my uh, left, uh, calf, like under okay. my pants.
0: All right,
3: um, and a holster for a Beretta, probably a Beretta nine millimeter. Okay uh and that'll probably be like um uh, the backpack holster so the gun sits kind of like snug against the ribs okay and Excellent. whatever extra ammo there is for that
0: okay so you've picked up a couple of nice very nice daggers and slipped them into their sheaths and attached them to yourself and picked out a nice Very nice silver Beretta nine millimeter and attached it to its shoulder holster and tucked it into your into your shirt under your or under your coat. Rather, the Baron turns back to his computer, hits a couple of keys and the the case disappears. He says, well, that's about all I can think of, Sonny. That's you're doing me a great, a great, great service here. I really appreciate it. If there's anything you need from me while you're working on this feel free to let me know. You always have my number. I'm always available. And he comes around the table, shakes your hand, and begins to usher you out out the door, down the stairs, into the main club floor. He leaves you at the bar with a very attractive mortal by the name of Jenny. Very attractive young woman. She's probably in her early 20s. She's a little butch. She's uh, dressed in a very nice shirt and uh, vest, and got a little bow tie. She's working behind the bar, Aww. and she smiles as you uh, approach and begins having an idle conversation with you, as you, as the Baron makes his exit back up to his office. Sylvia. Yes. You've, uh, your cab or Uber, whichever it is, has arrived and dropped you off outside the College of Alameda campus. Oh, one and thing.
2: Yes. Yes. As we were driving, I, I freaked out and said, stop, stop, stop. I got okay. outside the CVS. I ran in. I bought a journal, pen, and I spent the ride composing a crossword puzzle for my dear friend Max. I want him in a good mood.
0: Excellent. The answer...
2: The answers to the crossword puzzle all had to do with one of um, the child ballads. So Very I have nice. that ready for him when I get there.
0: Excellent. Alright. So you exit the exit your ride and you make your way onto the campus. It's a fairly open space. There's a lot of open areas. There's some new construction going on. There's some new buildings being put up. There's Decent light, but most of it's kind of dim. There's some street lights, but the the campus lighting is kind of shitty and mostly hideously yellow. If not just out completely. So you make your way onto the campus through the entryway past the administration building, past the library, past the student cafe area just sort of wandering following the map that you've that's telling you vaguely where you should be headed when from behind you you hear a voice say good evening Sylvia
2: okay I turn and look at the person addressing me
0: there is no one there but within a moment the empty pathway behind you Suddenly, literally out of the shadows, steps a Nosferatu with his hood up. He has a a large hood up over his head. He's wearing a a jacket over his hoodie, some jeans, a pair of Converse. He doesn't look as bad as most Nosferatu you've met. He's honestly looks kind of like a... Like, he's just a a cancer patient. Like, he's going through chemotherapy. His skin is very, very, very pale. His face is very angular and sunken. His features are very sharp. He keeps the hood up to hide his very pointed ears and his very bald head. And he looks, and he he smiles, and his, his fangs kind of protrude over his lower lip a bit. And he says... So nice you could make it out tonight, Sylvia. It's always nice to see you.
2: Oh, a pleasure indeed. And um, I hand him a, my folded scraps of paper. I'm sorry I couldn't get you a proper book. I'm not the connoisseur you are, but something for your troubles.
0: Hugh looks over the notebook, over the paper, and goes, Oh, no, no, I, I appreciate everything you can bring me, Sylvia. This will be most entertaining. Thank you so much. How are you this evening?
2: you know just trying to keep busy as one does and eternity is an awful long time to fill don't you think
0: he smiles and nods it is it is always so much to do and it seems like even though you have eternity stretching before you there's never never really enough time to do everything you want to do is there
2: no I suppose not
0: yeah it's a real pain in the ass honestly (laughs) so uh, real quick update on a couple of things for you. Um, so I'm still looking into a couple of those leads I got for you. Uh, nothing concrete yet. Telling you those fucking mages are real hard to find. I'm finding a lot of hedge mages and a lot of assholes who have a real good handle on illusion. But a real mage, fucking hell. Kind of scratches the back of his head a bit. He shakes his head. I I'm trying. I'm trying my best. These sons of bitches. I don't know. I, I feel like something had to have happened recently that made them all go to ground or something. Because they're they are. God damn, they're hard to find.
2: Mm, always slippery, aren't they?
0: They are. They are sons of bitches. I tell you. And I, it, you know, and it's one of those things where I feel like. I feel like maybe I'm getting close. But then every time I seem to get close, they slip away, and I'm wondering maybe if they're just doing some weird magic shit on me or not, but I feel like I would know that. And he kind of scrunches his face and sort of shakes his head and tries not to think about it too much.
2: Well, it is as it is. I appreciate your help regardless.
0: Ah, of course. Now, of course, I brought you here for a reason, of course. I didn't just ask you to come all the way out here to fucking Alameda of all places for nothing
2: it's the end of the earth truly
0: I know right god this fucking place so he uh digs in his messenger bag on his back he swings it around to his side and he digs into it and uh he pulls out a a business card with an address written on the back and he says okay so this is gonna sound crazy as hell but that's kind of your stock and trade after all it is so, one of my, it, we'll call him a contact, one of my associates, as it were, was doing some work over on the old Alameda Point or the uh, old Naval Air Base, as it were. He said that uh, it was a he got a real weird feeling when he got there. It's like as soon as he crossed over the threshold of the old base, it was he was just he felt off. Something was wrong, and. He kept going because he had his job to do and he went and did his job but he said that something was just not right so you know how, can, how the kind can be they they jump at shadows for Christ's sake mm-hmm. so I went out there and looked for myself and I, let me tell you something there's something fucking real weird going on out there <laughs> some real grade A strange mm. and he hands you the business card with the address scrawled on the back that's as best as I can tell that's where the source of this weirdness is coming from I don't know what's in there I don't know what the fuck is going on all I know is it's real goddamn weird and it made me feel I didn't like the feeling I got while I was there
2: Sylvia cocks her head strangeness has come in many different forms can you be more specific was it a sense of nausea, disgust, uh, nightmares, shadow I,
0: people. It was a... Yeah. You, you see him kind of in contemplation for a moment as he tries to evoke the, the proper description of what he felt. It was... It, whatever it was, it made my beast very angry. Hmm. I don't know what it is, but it. the closer I got to that address, the more and more I could feel it rising up in me and just, it was like I, it felt like I had seen fire. Like, that was the kind of wrong that I was feeling. That's not normal.
2: That is interesting. Alright, well, thank you. I always do enjoy an eldritch terror.
0: Oh, of course. I know you do, and I hope that, uh, whatever it is is, proves to be um, Uh, at least profitable in some case.
2: Well, entertaining is enough. Uh,
0: There you go. Uh, And as he says that, he sort of just wanders off into the shadows and then disappears again, as he is wont to do.
2: Mm. Okie dokie.
0: So now you have a very plain business card in your hand with an address on it written out. If you flip over that uh, that card, you will notice a name. It's The name is John Roberts, and underneath it, it says Obscure, Rare, and Unusual Books. Further, no <senses> There is no further information on the card other than that.
2: Well, I'm excited for some weird books.
0: Now, you sort of recognize the name. Because Max, when he gives you information like this, tends to give you business cards. You would have to check back at your Haven to make sure, but you have a sinking feeling that this business card matches the other business cards that he's given you. You'd have to, like I said, you'd have to double check to make sure, but you, you have a suspicion. So, what would you like to do now, Sylvia? That now that Max has disappeared off to whatever it is he is whatever he's going to do with his evening
2: well i assume that he's been reliable in the past yes yes okay so if things are as bad as he says i would like a chance to prepare um i need I'll, if, if it pissed off his beast like that i'd like to feed okay. and i would also like I'm, afraid I'm probably gonna have to go back to my haven or even hold off for a night but i would like to go prepare one of my rituals to make sure i'm as prepared as possible
0: okay uh i would say that you will probably be able to prepare your ritual and get back with plenty of time this evening it's still very early so we're gonna say you're heading back to your haven to prepare a ritual and then head back
2: yep sounds good
0: all right excellent Burke
1: at, at attention
0: excellent so you've made your way down the streets you got a little lost Charlie's directions uh, weren't great Oakland's a big place downtown's a little confusing blocks are a little awkward at times but you make your way you see a lot of can you see a lot of kine milling about, going about their business, people heading out for the odd Monday night uh, entertainment. But you finally make your way towards the club. And to the right of the club, on the corner, there is a Starbucks. To the left of the club is a small bookstore. And right in between these two buildings, the Starbucks and the bookstore, there is a doorway. And a very nice blue awning. Navy blue awning that hangs over and is bolted to the concrete below by two pillars in the sidewalk. And there is a gentleman in a very nice suit standing outside of this doorway. Uh, he seems to be not particularly paying attention to anything, but watching everything carefully. And as you approach, he, uh... Puts on a smile, a very professional smile, and says, uh, "Good evening, sir. How can I help you?"
1: Is am I do I recognize this club? Or is this the place?
0: Yes, you. The awning says the North Pole Club on it.
1: Okay. Is he human?
0: As far as you can tell, yes.
1: Okay. I, uh, I'm gonna stare right into his eyes and dominate him. Okay. And I'm just going to say forget and uh, ideally he will only remember seeing uh, me at the end of the block and then disappearing after that and I walk into the club
0: okay the doorman his eyes glaze over for a moment as you pass through the doorway and he shakes his head and blinks his eyes and is very confused for a moment he's not entirely sure what just happened but it's fine, it's fine. It, whatever it was, it's fine. So as you make your way into the club, there's a small alcove area that you've walked into. There's a coat check and there's a curtain just directly ahead of you that leads onto the main club floor. There's also a, uh, a young woman behind the coat check counter fiddling about with something behind the uh, desk area.
1: I, I glance over, but I just walk straight into the
0: club area. Okay. So, you step out into the main floor of the club. There's a very large main floor area. It's filled with tables. No, none of them are particularly filled yet. It's still early enough in the evening. It's about mm, seven-ish. So, the people the kind of the city, as it were, have yet to make their way into into the club. And it's still... It's a Monday. So, you know. To your left, there is a bar. There is a very attractive young African-American woman behind the counter. She is dressed very smartly, wearing a button-down shirt, bow tie, and a uh, nice vest. She seems to be talking to another very attractive woman at the the bar. The uh, main floor... Leads out onto a railing area and a small staircase that leads out to a small dance floor and a and a stage in the corner. And to the far left, off to your yeah, off to your far left, there's a door, swinging door. What would you like to do?
1: Um, does it look like there's an office, or is it kind of
0: the just- swinging door is the only other door besides the entrance in this room that you're in besides besides the bar area.
1: You know, I'm just going to uh, find a table uh, away from the bar area and just kind of mill about and look around and wait for somebody to come to me.
0: Okay, fair enough. So there's, you stand out very obviously within this jazz club, Uh, not only because there's nobody really in here except for Sonny and the bartender, But also because you're dressed like a death rock dude from the 80s. So...
1: This amuses me.
0: Yes. And there's some very quiet jazz in the background playing. The band hasn't taken the stage yet. The the patrons haven't come in yet. And uh, from the swinging door to your far left, a very, very beautiful very pale red-headed woman in an evening gown comes walking out. Her eyes are very, very brilliant green and she immediately catches sight of you and walks towards your table.
1: Are you the one taking music requests? I have one.
0: She looks you up and down and doesn't really respond she just sort of gives you a withering look and almost looks down her nose at you and says, who are you supposed to be?
1: Is this, uh... Is this, is this, uh... Were you you expecting me? Sorry.
0: That depends. Who are you again?
1: Well, I got... I guess Burke is is, is a name I I go by.
0: She looks you up and down again. Seemingly no, no, no reaction to your name and says, Are you here to see Mr. Bell by chance? Mr. Burke? Sure. (laughs) Ah, okay.
1: Is he this way? I just start walking.
0: Uh, She (laughs) very deliberately but not aggressively grabs the back of your shirt and stops you and says, Ah, let me take you to meet Mr. Bell one moment. And she keeps a firm grip on the back of your shirt. As she leads you through the swinging door and up the stairs.
1: I don't resist.
0: Very well. She leads you into the office. And Mr. Bell looks up from his desk and goes, Oh, Shelly. I. Who's your friend with you there? And she looks at him and then looks at you and doesn't say a word. Do I know his name? You know his name is Baron James Bell. Okay.
1: Uh, So, I just, before she can respond, I say, Lord Baron, I am here at the bequest of my sire, uh, Mr. Shadow. Uh, Good evening. I am Ah. Burke. I am Burke, at your disposal.
0: Mr. Devlin, please have a seat. He motions towards the one of the, To the chairs in front of his desk, I do a
1: little curtsy to the the lady, and I walk to the chair and sit she down.
0: She gives you the most withering fucking glance you <laughs> can imagine. She is so unimpressed with your bullshit; it's not even funny. She she is staring fucking daggers into you, and she exchanges the look with the Baron, and he gives her. Almost in a perceptible nod, and she exits the room and closes the door.
1: I'm terribly pleased with myself, but I'm not trying to be sassy <laughs> to the to the Baron. I'm uh, trying enough. to be. I'm trying to have some sort of uh, some semblance of etiquette, but I literally have none.
0: Fair enough. Now, the very attractive woman you just spoke to makes her way downstairs and makes a beeline to Sunny who she walks up to and says who the fuck was that miscreant who just walked into my fucking club Oh you mean the cockatiel guy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah what who, who the who the fuck does he think he is coming into my club like this
1: It's a death rocket too, okay She
0: is furious you can see just she is so angry about the disrespect that she's just been shown
3: you look really pissed you should uh have a drink or something
0: she glares at you for a moment takes a moment to compose herself because this is unbecoming of a toreador and she takes us she takes a very dramatic sigh and says I'll be in my dressing room if anyone needs me and wanders off back to her dressing room.
3: Hit you later, May West. <laughs> she,
0: she, she doesn't stop, that. but she does turn her head slightly at that remark. And you can tell by the way she continues walking after that remark that she kind of appreciated that you were... She kind of appreciated the remark... Even though she hates to admit that she appreciates that (laughs) remark. Now, Burke, you are standing in the Baron's office. What would you like to do? Would you like to take a seat or or do you want to wait for the Baron to offer you a seat?
1: Um, Yeah, I'll I'll approach the the seat and just uh, suggest, you know, maybe I can sit down with a small hand gesture as polite as possible.
0: Okay. The Baron makes a a gesture, clearly, that he wants you to sit.
1: I take a seat and uh, cross my legs.
0: Very good. And he sits down in his chair and he says, So, you're Mr. Devlin. How are you this evening, sir? It's good to meet you.
1: Well, I am of no consequence, I assure you. Uh, But it is a lovely evening and uh, you have a very... Very nice club uh, I'd love to bring my band here sometimes though, at, at some point uh,
0: I don't know if necessarily <laughs> the North Pole Club would would best suit your band but I can assure you I have plenty of clubs around the city that would more than more than adequately su- service your uh, your band.
1: Blood Omen is at your
0: service. He chuckles and says, "Well, I, I'll keep that in mind, uh, Mister Devlin. Could you? I assume your your trip up here was well. You you got here without too much issue, yes?
1: Uh, a few kinks and a few bumps, but as as all is well.
0: Good, how about good.
1: how, how are you how do you fare this evening?"
0: He adjusts his shirt. And he says, "I'm I'm I'm good. I've got you know." There's many much business to attend to this evening. it's the night is still young and you know we haven't quite he looks at his watch and taps it and says, we're not quite open for business just yet but I uh, if all goes well, we'll have a booming a booming evening as it were. Uh, Mondays are a little unpredictable but you know we'll see what happens.
1: Well, I say I appreciate you uh, allowing me entry and uh, hopefully, protection in your wonderful city. It's nice to roam streets where I'm not the weirdest guy walking around.
0: (laughs) He he chuckles and he says, well, Mr. Devlin, uh, I assume that uh, Mr. Shadow uh, gave you some explanation of uh, the terms of your stay here? Did he not?
1: Afraid not. I, I I am called, and I follow. Uh,
0: fair enough. So, Mr. Shadow has requested that uh, I provide you with some amenities while you are here, uh, attending to some business. I I felt it best not to not to inquire as to what this business was. I I, I out of respect for Mr. Shadow and for yourself. I felt it best not to ask. Uh, but, as I am a gracious host, I want you to know that he reaches into his desk and he pulls out a manila envelope, a fairly large manila manila envelope, and he hands it across to you. It's got some weight to it. He says, this is the keys to your new haven, as well as a vehicle, because I'm sure you will need it. Uh... I understand you have business here within the Bay Area. I also understand that this business may take you outside of my domain. Uh, he crosses his hands together and puts his two forefingers against his lips for a moment and thinks and says, Mr. Devlin, I want you to understand that. I appreciate you coming to our city. I would like you to feel welcome here. I am granting you haven as well as the right to hunt. Uh, But you must understand, as I'm sure the news has reached you, uh, things are uh, complicated with the Camarilla in San Francisco. As you may or may not know.
1: I, I know a little. Uh, we're kind of in our own universe, so to speak. And it's sort of how we like it. He but nods. I, uh, with all res- respect, <clears throat> I don't want to misrepresent your kindness or your, your claim here in this town. And I well, I guess I would have do my best to be a representative of yourself as well as of my own sire. To the best of my abilities. As I I empty the manila folder right onto his desk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The manila, the contents of the folder spill out. There are two sets of keys. Uh, There is uh, a piece of paper with some addresses on it as well as some phone numbers. He's a little shocked that you dumped out this folder on his desk. Then it's so much as you decided to open it in his presence. He's bothered more so by the actual dumping the shit on his desk. He kind of eyeballs you and then begins speaking again. Well, Mr. Devlin, I, I understand that things are a little different down in Santa Cruz, but, uh, to put it bluntly, um, The East Bay, we are Anarch-controlled and have been for many years. The Camarilla and the Anarchs have had a, for the most part, beneficial agreement as to the ruling of the East Bay and the ruling of San Francisco. However, and his, you can clearly see his face darkens a bit as he begins to say this. Last month, there was a changing of the guard, you could say, within the Camarilla power structure of San Francisco. A new prince took power. And as I'm sure you're aware, the Anarchs and the Camarilla, we don't exactly see eye to eye As it were, Uh, you know, the the whole convention of Prague and Harstad getting his head blown off. You know, the Camarilla, they're not so hot on the anarch movement as it is currently. Uh, So what I'm trying to tell you, Mr. Devlin is my scope of power, my scope of influence, as it were, is limited. It is limited to this city, to the boundaries of this city. If you leave Oakland, you will no longer be within my protection. Or my sphere of influence. Now. Having said that. I have of course. Notified my lieutenants within the city. That you are present. That you will be joining us for some time. So they are not. mm, Caught off guard as it were. As for the other. Anarch barons. Well I've. Notified them that you're coming. But. Courtesy says you should probably introduce yourself to them if you happen to leave Oakland and you plan to visit any of the cities. Uh, I assume... And he sort of leans forward. I assume you know the uh, Camarilla's rule as far as non or unknown kindred entering a Camarilla-controlled city, Yes. I guess... I Yeah, I guess I do. Alright. Take what I'm about to say then as simply reiterating what you already know. Should you per- decide to go to San Francisco or another Camarilla-controlled area, it would be very wise of you to make sure you introduce yourself to the prince of the city especially considering the recent power struggle in the city we're all trying to keep to our P's and Q's as it were Mr. Bur- Mr. Devlin you understand right?
1: I grab the keys and kind of shove them in my pocket and fold the paper in half kind of clumsily shove it into my pants pocket I said killer when do we leave?
0: He looks you over and you can sort for a moment you see a sense of frustration and just what the fuck have I got myself into cross his face and then just as quickly it's gone again and he says, well, Mr. Devlin, as I said, To be on the safe side for your benefit, for my benefit, for Mr. Shadow's benefit, for all of our benefits. If you decide to leave the city and visit another, and I do recommend you visit San Francisco, it's a beautiful city. You present yourself to the ruler of the city, just to be on the safe side. I don't... I'd rather not have to explain to your sire why you're dead Should you roll into a city without announcing yourself?
1: I won't embarrass you.
0: I appreciate that. He uh, turns to his computer. He types in a couple of keys and a different panel than the one that opened up for Sonny. A drawer on the wall pops out and there are an assortment of daggers and pistols not as nice a quality as the ones that were uh, previously displayed for Sunny, but still good quality. These are not marked by the rows in any way. These are just standard issue like I said, 9 millimeters, a couple of .45s, some twenty twos, a bunch of pistol, are a bunch of uh, holsters, and some daggers. He says, now, right, Mr. Devlin, I, I am aware of how dangerous our city can be, as well as the neighboring city, so I don't want you to feel as if you are unprepared, as it were. And he makes a gesture towards the weapons case.
1: What, no pointed sticks?
0: He laughs and says, no, 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 Mr. Devlin, uh, we... uh." We tend to avoid those at all cost. <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to look for the, like the largest, gaudiest dagger that could fit, like, uh, as a an, if I could find it under my jacket type of sheath that fits You hey, that,
3: like, crocodile duncy. <laughs> no, this is a noise.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, <laughs> fair enough. There something, is a... Something shaky,
1: but a little, you know, yeah.
0: All right, there is a... There is a sizable knife in the case, as well as a sheath. Uh, do you take any other weaponry besides the knife? Or are you happy with just the knife?
1: Yeah, I'm probably just going to take the knife. Maybe a second knife. Okay. Some, You know, something I could fit in my boot.
0: Okay, fair enough. So you've equipped yourself with two knives. One, I assume, one on your belt area or waist, and then one in your boot.
1: If I can uh, get a shoulder sheath oh, okay. and slip it underneath my jacket, that's okay. what I'm going right. for. Yeah, And right. then one Sorry. little boot knife. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you've got a dagger in your boot, and you've got one sort of in a shoulder holster kind of situation. Right, right. Okay, so Mr. Bell punches a couple numbers on it, or a couple of keys on his keyboard. The drawer retracts back into the wall, and he says, Oh! didn't take you for a knife, man. I figured you might have been more of a pistol guy, but, you know.
1: Well, if you couldn't tell, I like to live on the edge a little bit. No guarantee for for life in the night.
0: This is true, Mr. Devlin. This is true. And he looks at you, and he really, really looks at you. And he, he takes a moment before he speaks, and he says you're not you're older than you look but you're not quite as old as I as you mm, you're older than you look but you're not quite that old am I right mr Devlin
1: yeah I, I'm I've been around for a little while at least in my scene
0: <laughs> fair fairness a word of advice, Mr. Devlin. Be careful. Eddie pauses and seems to think about what he wants to say. Then leans forward and says, Mr. Devlin, there are, as they say, stranger things on in heaven and earth than you can imagine. And quite frankly, and he trails off and leans back in his chair and says, Never mind it. Ignore me, Mr. Devlin. I'm an old man who likes to ramble every now and again. I, I get lost in my thoughts, as it were.
1: I uh, look at him in uh, all seriousness and say, well, maybe we can talk of those strange things when I return safely. I reach into my coat pocket and hand him a, a s- small glass medicine vial with a dropper on top full of white liquid.
0: He but picks pick up the bottle and looks at it.
1: And... It's uh, just a little, a little liquid moonlight. We'll talk of strange things when I return, if we have he, a chance.
0: He looks at the bottle a couple more times, turns it over in his hand, sets it down on his desk and says, I'd like that, Mr. Devlin, you... You strike me as a young man who mm, has some interesting ideas. I—I I don't know. Maybe this old dog might learn some new tricks after all. She's and he sort of me. laughs and
1: uh, I give him a a, a a polite a polite bow, not a curtsy, a and uh, start heading towards the door.
0: All right. So he goes back to his business at his de- at his computer. You make your way out into the hall and there is the very attractive redhead standing again. She is standing just outside the door leaning against the opposite wall with her arms crossed over her chest and she is staring daggers at you.
1: I uh, actually dropped down to a knee and uh, Excuse my behavior, milady. I'm uh, just a simple, simple child after all.
0: She rolls her eyes at you and just shakes her head and opens the door, Mark Shelley Williams, and walks in and slams the door very loudly and very aggressively at you.
1: I poke my head back into the Baron's door. You might want to share some of that moonlight with her.
0: He glances up at you from his computer and isn't quite sure what the hell you're talking about, but sort of nods and smiles as you close the door. Uh, so you, yeah, as you you make your I assume you're making your way back down to the, yeah.
1: Uh, okay. I'm headed straight for the door. Okay. I'm just blinding.
0: As you're as you're heading back to the club floor, uh as, or as you make your way into the club floor, uh, as you're making your way towards the the exit, uh you hear Mr. Devlin, wait a minute, just a moment. And you see the baron standing in the doorway leading to the staircase that leads to his office and he gives you a you know, half-handed come here gesture
1: uh yeah i turn heel and uh, gate over to him
0: he uh puts an arm around your shoulder and says mr devlin i would be a terrible host if i were to just simply give you a haven and right to hunt in the city without giving you a guide and he Guides you towards the bar to where Sonny is standing and says, Sonny James, meet Burke Devlin. Burke Devlin, this is Sonny James. She will be your escort and guide through the city, through your time here. And without, a seg- without another word, he turns and walks away.
1: I look like I just noticed the bar for the first time.
0: <laughs> so, Sonny, you are now looking at this five foot whatever it is very pale it, weird fucking, I look high yeah <laughs> a, a real weird white boy who looks very high and very goth standing in front of you up,
3: dude how much uh, hairspray do you use for that
1: I toughed it up. I toughed it up a little bit. Not enough.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you're single-handedly keeping Aquanet in business, huh?
1: (laughs) It's still the best.
3: Yeah, I hear that. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I I I, I reach out my hand and say, uh, Burke Devlin.
3: Uh, I'm Sunday James. Everybody calls me Sunny. Pick a nickname and stick with it.
1: Sunny. Sunny. I like it.
3: Yeah, it's ironic. That's how I come to be this way.
1: I don't understand, but I pretend like I do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, that's how I go through life, my friend. <laughs>
0: Sylvia, you have returned to San Francisco. You've returned to your haven. You've prepared whatever ritual it is that you were preparing. What ritual were you preparing? Spider!
2: The the, the climbing one.
0: Ah, yes. Okay.
2: Clinging of the insect. I'm ready to Spider-Man myself about. Yes.
0: (laughs) So, Sylvia, while you've prepared that, you've headed... As you 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 went home, you prepared that. You checked in on your shop to make sure everything is going fine. Everything is going fine.
3: Right, great, great,
0: great. Headed back out to this out to uh, back to Alameda to check in on this bizarre this bizarreness that Max has sent you on. Now, as you. I assume you took a, another, a cab or Uber. over Yeah, yeah. Over there. yeah. When, when okay.
2: Am I an animal? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as you crossed over the threshold, through the the gates of the old, or what is now Alameda Point, uh, the former Naval Air Base, as almost as soon as you crossed over onto the property, you immediately felt something was off. A sense of disquiet came over you and so going forward all scenes taking place in this location you will be at a negative one to all of your roles because of this just quiet
2: uh, all right well you know what let's I, I get into all
0: right so as you the driver very the driver's not interested in talking tonight just wants to do his job driver makes his way to the location pulls to a stop outside of a relatively dilapidated building and then and as you have made your way through the ba- the old base there are a lot of empty lots where buildings used to be there's a lot of boarded up buildings that are no longer in use there's a lot of buildings that have been repurposed for new new businesses as the car made its way towards the location halfway across the base near the old USS Hornet aircraft carrier the sense of disquiet that you felt grew with intensity as you reached, finally reached the building to the point where you completely understand what Max was saying about not wanting to be there. There is something very wrong about this place, and you can't quite put your finger on what it is. The building, from all outward appearances, is just an old building. It's large it's rectangular. There's a door directly in front of you. There are some windows high up. There's probably some doors along the other sides of the building, but for the most part, it seems like it might have been uh, possibly a garage of some kind. It's kind of hard to tell. It's a very big building, but you kind of can't tell what it is from where you're at.
2: Okay. Um I have now I do have sense the unseen. Is yes. there any unseen things that I sense?
0: There, there is a there is a very strange power coming from this place. You're not quite, you, it's, it's something you've never encountered before. It's a okay, power Logan. that you are unaware of. It is something that you can add a Best guess, you would say it is the source of this this disquiet that you feel, but you can't quite put your finger on what it is because you've never experienced it before. Great, beautiful. So, the outside of the building is very, very plain. It's an old military building. The uh, There's a door not too far from you, about eh, 10 feet or so. Some windows higher up in the building. This seems to be the only easy entrance into the building at this point. And, okay. uh, your driver is idling there, waiting, just waiting for further instruction if he should take off or not.
2: Alright, I pay him his fare, keep the change, and uh, watch him drive away.
0: Alright, the cab driver makes his way off base without, uh, a second word. So you're standing in front of a large building, as I said, they uh, You can just barely see the deck of the USS Hornet over the roof of the building. Uh, At a guess, you're probably, from where you're standing, probably 100 feet from the Hornet. And as (laughs) it's an aircraft carrier, it's very large. You can see it just over the roof. Uh, As I said, there's a door just in front of you. It looks like it's maybe locked, maybe not. Hard to tell from here and there's some windows above
2: okay I'd like to w- walk about see if there's an entrance that is easier to get to and that doesn't involve me you know climbing up a building in plain sight of. oh
0: there is a there is a ground floor entrance uh, okay. right where you were dropped off uh, that the door is the that most- might be locked or yes that's the door that might be locked
2: okay is there anywhere else uh, like on this area that like I can I- definitely get through
0: uh open from windows where uh, you're at all the windows seem to be fairly high up uh the door is your probably your best option
2: okay i'm going to try it trying the okay. door
0: the door seems to be locked but nice. with a little bit of uh a little bit of your kindred strength it, the lock falls to your turn relatively quickly awesome so you step into this open area that is, for all intents and purposes, eh, kind of a office space, as Ooh. it were. Uh, there are some old military desks bolted to the floor, some chairs. Uh, it's a big, wide open space. There are two sets of staircases about halfway through the room. That lead up to a catwalk and what appears to be some offices, possibly. Uh, and there's a light coming from the other side of these offices. There's a wall that you can see directly in front of you that seems to have the building. And the light is coming from the other half of the building.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, can I just, do I kind of like investigate the area that I have right in front of me? Yeah, um, absolutely. To see if I see any weirdness. Do I, need to, do I need like a D20 or something?
0: No, no, no. You can uh, absolutely, uh, let's see. Let me check your character sheet just a moment.
2: I do have investigation. Okay. Albeit only one dot.
0: That's totally fine. Um, there is not really a whole lot to be found in this this space it is a lot of just empty space like I said there's some desks a, f- a few chairs most everything's covered in dust this this building hasn't been used in a long time there's as I said there's a wall dividing the building in half uh, and mm-hmm. there are the two scared staircases leading up and there is some light on the other side from the other side of the floor from this side of things there doesn't seem to be anything particularly of interest
2: okay I'm going to climb the stairs and check that out uh I have one dot of stealth if that makes a difference
0: okay Um, you uh make your way up the stairs onto the catwalk there are two identical offices side by side uh they both have windows facing you as well as facing outward to the other side of the room um The offices are identical. There seems to be a door on the far right of the rightmost office that possibly leads over to the other side. And through the windows of the offices, you can see a bar that appears to be a walkway bar for the other side.
2: Okay, I'd like to check out the offices real fast. And once that's done, I'm going to go peer over the other side and see what is up on the fun side
0: as you step into one of the offices it's for the most part empty the military cleared the place out when they moved out uh, there is still an old desk bolted to the ta- to the ground a uh, big hideous or, or I'm sorry uh, a big hideous green metal contraption that passes for a desk uh, the military yes the military also loved because you know fuck it save money any way you can mm the uh the windows of the office are dirty there's a broken file cabinet with nothing of real interest in it uh but you can see if you peer through the window dirty as it is you can just barely see that there's some movement on the other side of the room over there past the window past the catwalk on the other side of the room of the other side of the building rather
2: and I can't get a clear view of what is from where
0: I am From where you are, no. You can tell that there is some shadows moving and you can kind of hear voices, but it's not distinct.
2: Okay. Um, If I were to get closer, is there like a staircase or something nearby, or am I spidering it?
0: If you standing in the office where you're at currently, you could try to look through the windows, or you could try to make your way to the far right door that theoretically leads to the other catwalk.
2: Okay, I'm going to try to go through to the other catwalk.
0: All right. So you make your way across the catwalk to the far right door. It's locked nominally, but a little a little bit of strength on the turn makes the door click open as you step through the doorway onto a very similar catwalk as you were on before, you can hear voices a little bit more clearly. They're still a little muddled. It's bounced. The noise is bouncing off the of things. Mm-hmm. And then there's a brilliant flash of light that blinds yeah. you temporarily. Of course it does. And that's where we're going to put you on hold for just a moment. Balls. We're going to pick back up with uh, Bert. As you've been having a conversation with Sonny at the bar, you receive a text message from Mr. Shadow.
1: Oh, give me a moment.
0: You uh, open the text message and it reads, Alameda Point, USS Hornet. Get your ass in gear now! Exclamation point.
1: I said, uh, hey, you want to split an Uber fare?
3: Hey, I'm flush with cash right now. Where are we going?
1: (laughs) Uh, well, you want to see a ship?
3: Going to Alameda
0: Point? Let's do it. All right, let's go. All right. So, Burke, you, uh... You... Do you want to call Charlie first, or do you want to try an Uber first? Oh. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um... Yeah, I guess I can call Charlie. <laughs> All
0: right. Charlie does not answer his well, phone. Let's
1: just let's just actually, uh, let's let's just uh I'll, I'll leave a voicemail and uh, tell him how much his eight track sucks and call an Uber. <laughs> call an Uber either way. Okay.
0: So you not get Charlie's always- voicemail and you leave him a very very sternly worded voicemail about his uh, his choice of uh, music, um, media, and uh, call an Uber. Uber arrives very shortly, and you very quickly are on your way to Alameda Point. As you and Sonny cross through the threshold of the uh, old naval base, you too feel this sense of disquiet, this sense of something being deeply wrong with this place. You can't place why, you don't know for sure where it's coming from, but something about this place is off. Now, as you make your way through the old naval air base, there are empty lots. There are old buildings that are falling apart. There are some buildings that have been replaced and taken over by other businesses. But for the most part, the driver seems to know where he's headed. And you make your way towards the USS Hornet. Now, as you're driving up there, you spot a figure standing maybe 10 or 15 feet from the ship pointing seemingly looking upward at the deck and the Uber driver slows a bit and then turns towards both of you and says, uh, so uh, you guys want me to drop you off here or what?
1: (laughs) I just, I just, I just leave.
0: (laughs) Okay. Burke, Burke has, has just exited the car. Yeah, I guess this is where we're getting out. (laughs) All right. Sundy makes her way shortly after Burke. And uh, there's a figure, as I said, standing. Seemingly, their attention is pointed at the the deck of the ship. Uh, You can see as you get closer, you're about 20 feet from this figure. They're dressed in jeans, uh, a jacket. They've got uh, a beanie on, but they've got long hair. You can't really tell if they're male or female at this point. Their clothes are a little baggy, but they seem to be pointing a camera up at the, the deck of the ship, snapping pictures.
1: Um, can, can I um, start uh, singing?
0: You can, if you like
1: use my uh performance i gotta specialize in vocalization Um okay. like i can that's three okay dots and i uh <laughs> i want to uh put this guy off uh, i want to off-put the guy as much as possible okay. all right <laughs> and i start singing uh is this love by uh <laughs> white snake Isn't this love? I'm doing
3: doing like guitar noises with my mouth in the background. Oh my god. I I, I have a couple of dots in performance. but (laughs) I. Okay.
0: At at the
1: same time, we're closing in on him. As
0: As you're closing the distance (laughs) between yourselves and the mysterious figure taking pictures of the deck, Burke is singing Is This Love by White Snake. And Sonny has, without missing a beat, is just picking up right with the guitar line and is just providing some background for him. And you're about 10 feet from this figure.
2: Am I the only one taking unlife seriously? Uh, (laughs)
3: yeah. (laughs) We're here for a good time and a long time. (laughs)
0: As you're about ten feet from this figure, they seem to lower their camera, and without looking at you, but they seem to turn their face just a little bit, and you hear a feminine voice that says, you know, you can quit with the off-key singing. I knew you guys were coming from, like, a while ago. So I only, you I only
1: had two successes, so I was not killing it.
0: That's fine. <laughs> That's totally fine. Uh, so yes, the figure has heard you, and as she has said, I know you guys were. Co- I knew you guys were coming before you started, before you even showed up. What are you doing?
3: What are you doing, Annie Lee Woods?
0: <laughs> she <laughs> drops her. Her hands drop from her camera and she turns and she says, Well, I mean, I did see it in a dream. And she turns to you, you see a young woman about 20 or so. She has medium-longish hair. Some of it's hanging out from the hood. It is probably purple, possibly black. It's hard to tell under these really hideous yellow lights. And she's got a big smile on her face. And she looks and she says, I saw you guys coming. After all, there's the frustrated beauty. She points at um, Sunny, the lost boy. She points at Burke. And she points at the blank space next to Burke and goes, "The." and her face seems to fall and she goes, oh, God fucking damn it. And she seems to, to get a very frustrated look on her face as she looks at this empty space next to Burke and she goes okay so the frustrated beauty is there and the lost boy is there and the fucking witch should be Malkov's balls the fucking Tremere where's the fucking Tremere Burke what the fuck's Shakira
1: i now I, I, I kind of just say Well, am I everything you dreamed of? Because you're everything (laughs) that I dreamed of. And uh, I try to uh, use my charisma, which I only get one success. And, And I invade her personal space.
0: She smiles broadly. And she says, well, of course you are. I mean, you're my little brother. What else would you be? Of course you're a as, of course you look as I dreamed you, you silly goose.
1: I said, well, oh, that was weird flirting. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. She,
0: she cocks her head to the side and looks at you and says, oh, my sweet lost boy, you just don't understand yet, do you? And it's at this point that you feel something begin to... Dig its claws into the back of your mind. It's a feeling that you recognize predominantly from being around Mr. Shadow. I, I
1: step back and I go,
0: I'm looking for you. <laughs> the feeling the feeling on the back of your mind intensifies for a moment and then relaxes. And then you almost feel... You feel safe. You feel almost at home. This is a feeling you've never felt necessarily with someone else besides Liddell like this is like
1: like the universe is uh is is giving me a soul kiss or something Mm -hmm. yes like this is a
0: oh man yes this is someone you're someone who gets I did it I did something right oh my god yes
1: pretty excited
0: yeah so she she looks at you and she smiles and she reaches out and brushes your face and says, "Oh, my sweet lost boy, what are we gonna do with you?"
1: I I just smile like a puppy and I I don't say anything else. I'm just I'm I'm in this uh, group now. I I feel very uh, very good.
0: <laughs> very good. <laughs> so Sonny, you're very confused about what the fuck is going on. Very confused. You you started your night. Expecting to be doing your usual work. And then you're babysitting a Malkavian for the fucking Baron. And now you're you're meeting a weird broad out in Alameda who is talking about who called you the frustrated beauty and called Burke a lost boy. And you're very fucking confused. And with that in mind, while you two are having your moment... Sylvia, your vision is cleared. Uh, and as you're standing on the catwalk, you can see down below, finally, through the fading haze of the flash that you just experienced, you see a, a woman down on the floor with her hand seems to be made out of lightning. Okay. And you see a man with a very tall man, probably 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he seems to be holding a baseball bat across his shoulder. There's another female figure leaning against a gurney, seemingly gripping their side, their right side with their left hand. And there's a black blob on the ground smoking as if it had just been... If it had
2: just hit by lightning, yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, near the door. This black blob shudders several times and then you notice in its shuddering that it's sprouting 12 very sharp points across the back of this blob. And these sharp points shoot upwards into the air and then bend and form legs very much like a spider. And it lifts this black blob Ooh. off the ground about four feet. And then a tendril comes out of this black blob and forms sort of a neck and a, f- a head forms. And to call it human would be generous. As it has oh, I I hate th- it. vaguely human features. It has two, two holes where I should be, although they are empty sockets there is a space where a nose should be but is an empty socket the only human aspect about this creature is that it has very perfectly shaped human lips and it opens those lips and its jaw seems to split from those the tips of its lips to the very backs of its skull as its bottom jaw Uh drops down and lying, really that. <laughs> Rows and rows of teeth Begin to form out of this black goo And solidify And it shrieks An unholy sound That actually cracks the glass Of the office behind you And all of the windows around you And by the way Burke and Sonny You just heard this horrible sound That came out of the building That's about 10-15 oh, feet away from you
1: I say, I think I know what that shriek just said. It says, I require lasagna, John. <laughs> and then I, I, I turn to the two ladies and say, God, I hate Mondays.
0: Sonny <laughs> looks at you very confused, and the young woman who's standing there it just chuckles and smiles. Now, back to Sylvia in the in the building. She's in the this creature has just shrieked and shattered glass around you.
2: Is it shrieking at me? Does it, it definitely no, no. sees me? Right?
0: It's it's not. It is it is apparently has no. It is completely focused on this tall man in front of it with the baseball bat. And I'm... this tall figure takes one step forward, putting his left foot forward with a firm planting, and he opens his mouth and roars at it in a way that should not be capable of a human body.
2: Good times?
0: He seems to tense up, his grip tightening around the base of the bat and the the blob with the spider legs, the thing... John Carpenter's the thing creature as it were <laughs> skitters a, a moment and then makes its, makes its way running towards the man and seemingly in the blink of an eye the creature leaps towards him and without missing a beat he swings that baseball bat and it connects and you hear a crack that should be splintering that bat But it doesn't. However, that creature goes flying. It hits the wall, or hits the door rather, with a sickening thud, which sends the door flying off its hinges out of the building and across the parking lot. Now, Burke and Sonny, you've just had a very strange encounter with this young woman outside of the hornet and have now heard a deafening scream followed by a very unnatural roar and have now seen a door go flying about 40 feet away from you and a very large about four foot tall hideous nightmare abomination stand up and it's staring directly into the building that it just came out of
3: the Kool-Aid man looks different out here <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: I said well let's let's go join the party I don't know about you two yeah it, I mean the, there's a reason why we're out here
0: the, the young woman who with the camera looks at the thing goes holy shit and begins immediately snapping pictures. Now, I'm going to describe the, the the following scene in two ways. As our two two of our characters will be seeing it in different ways. Cool. Sunny, what you see is the spider-like creature thing stand up, sort of shake up shake itself loose a bit. And then make its way a couple of feet from the door. And it stops, seemingly staring directly into the building. And then you see the very tall man. is about seven foot tall, maybe, at a guess. Come storming out. Doing that tall person, long-legged stride of I'm going to fuck some shit up kind of (laughs) thing. With the bat over his shoulder. And he stops about 30 feet. From this creature, you see a woman running behind him. Um, she's got long hair. Uh, she's yeah, you know, average, average build. She seems to be waving her hands in some some way that you would assume would be magic, theoretically. By the way, she's waving, or she's just weird. You don't know. And then a third figure steps out of the building, sort of stumbling, clutching their side. They appear to be female; you can't really tell, but they stumble out, slide against, sort of lean against the building, and slide to the ground. Burke, you see the spider creature stand up from this from the door and skitter ahead about ten feet, and then you see. An eight foot tall, maybe eight foot five, very large, broad-shouldered, blue-skinned, long-haired, as best as you could describe it, an ogre, walk out of the building with a tree branch over his shoulder as a club. And he is stomping his way towards this hideous monster. Just behind him, is a woman who seems to be made purely out of lightning, following shortly behind him. And then a third figure that you can't really quite tell, stepping out, clutching their side, and they fall by the side of the building. Sylvia, you've just watched this creature get knocked through the doorway. And you've seen the very tall man storm out after it with a baseball bat. you watched the woman with the lightning hand chase shortly after him. And you've seen the female figure clutching her side, make her way out through the doorway. What would you like to do from here?
2: Okay, I'm going to take a piece of the broken glass. I'm going to use it to wound myself with my caustic blood. I would like to uh, caustic melt off a piece of um the railing from the catwalk. So I have a okay. a, a makeshift weapon. Um, Excellent. May I ask real fast what type of metal this pipe is made of?
0: Uh probably steel.
2: Right. Um well not great, but that's fine. That's fine. And then I um merrily run down the stairs after this parade to see okay. what's up.
0: Alright. So you Take a piece of broken glass, you open your wrist, and the vitae drips out onto the metal piping and it begins to hiss as the corrosive vitae eats through the metal and forms a a decent break. You grab hold of the pipe and you give it a good yank
3: vampire blood can't melt steel bee
2: <laughs> this vampire blood can bitch
0: actually it can <laughs> crucifitage it's a handy it's a hell of a hell of a power yeah blood uh, sorcery right vampires
3: did
0: 911 <laughs> <laughs> you uh grab the pipe with the jagged end that you've just made and you make your way down the stairs into the second floor of the building as you're making your way through you notice there is a sort of a makeshift hospital maybe laboratory area over to the right where the gurney is uh, there is some black fluid on that gurney Uh, just behind you on the wall there seems to be a burn mark as if something blew through the wall Uh, from the other side Mm -hmm. and to the left of you there is a dark area which you can't really see and then directly in front of you is the door where the large man and his companion and the third figure have made their way out Uh, do I see anything unseen? Uh, not uh, oh actually since you're using sensei unseen actually yes you also saw the the large man as an ogre and the woman with the lightning hand as a figure of lightning. Ooh, 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 um, ooh. So yeah, so you are gonna make you make your way, I'd say, to the doorway and are watching the events that are unfolding.
1: These are obviously vampires, Possibly. yeah.
2: I don't know. I think they're I think they're fae. I think they're a bunch of fucking fae. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, see
1: that's
0: Your 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 storyteller has drunk a whole bottle of wine apparently. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: congratulations. Get ready for
0: math. Get ready know, for math. Right?
1: So, oh no, not math.
0: I know, right. So Almost the
2: scariest.
0: Sylvia is standing in the doorway. She has just seen the lightning woman and the ogre make their way out. Do we see Sylvia yet? Uh as yet sylvia have you stepped through the doorway or are you still standing kind of shadowed in the doorway?
2: Um I'm shat- I'm still standing kind of shadowed. I don't want to, you know. Okay. Like hey yeah. hey monster. You're
0: keeping an eye on on the goings on. I just
2: want to see what the fuck's happening before I go running around with my stupid pipe.
0: That's we'll, very We'll be in the
1: we'll be in the line of fire if we even attempt to get into this entryway yeah. anyways, right, yeah. at this point. Okay.
2: There's yes, one brain uh, cell between all three of us uh, and I have. Right. Yes. Yeah, at,
3: you are the brain
0: cell. At the moment, uh, so Sylvia is about 15, 20 feet from the lightning woman and another five or so feet from, maybe five or ten, from the ogre. Uh, the ogre has about 10 feet between him and the creature. Uh, Sonny and Burke, as well as the young woman you are standing with, you guys are about 40 feet away, give or take from where the monster is. Now, the young woman who who's with you, she says, holy shit, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Uh, mostly to Burke.
1: Yeah, should should we go in there or?
0: <laughs> she seems to not even register it, and it's just too busy taking pictures. And goes, no, 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 no. This is fuck that. Let let them fight. Fuck it. I I, I got I gotta get pictures. I gotta. She's she's completely focused on taking pictures of what's happening. Um, I,
3: I feel like since there's weird shit going down, uh, I probably uh, need to use my little extra sensory.
0: Okay, you want to use Sensing C- yeah. scene?
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. I got two S- 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 dots S- S- in that. S- 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 I don't like doing S-
3: S- it. Sunny hates doing it, but I feel That's like fair. it's necessary.
0: So, Sunny, at first, you see the horrible black ooze creature Nightmare monster thing. And a very tall man with a baseball bat. And a very... A short woman behind him. And then a third figure that slumps against the building. And then you... Call upon the power of your blood... To give you... To heighten your senses. And all of the sudden... You see a very hideous nightmare blob creature with eight legs and a hideous vaguely human face and then you see an eight foot tall blue skinned long haired ogre with a tree branch in his hand and you see a woman made out of lightning and you're really not entirely sure how to process that (laughs) because that is some shit you were not prepared for tonight (laughs) Meanwhile, the woman with the camera is just snapping away, she is just going, and the large ogre with the tree trunk taps that tree branch on the ground a couple times, slings that branch back up on his shoulder, and he goes running directly at this fucking nightmare creature. And before the creature even has a chance to screech again or do anything, that tree arm has come swinging down and it is striking this creature with extreme force. What would you like to do?
3: I turn to Burke and tell him I feel like we should have brought some popcorn. I ain't going in there. That's fair. They look like they have it covered right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I say, uh, yeah, you're right. And I turn to the other girl. Um, I can get you closer.
0: <laughs> you see like the hint of a smile on her face and she responds, "No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I got this." And she continues just snapping away pictures. Uh, Sylvia, okay, um, you are still in the doorway. Is uh, there
2: any iron anywhere? I definitely think they're fairies.
0: Uh, at nope. hand? No, just my stupid no. steel. Okay, just your stupid steel.
2: Um, I go up to the one person bleeding, and I'm like, and I say, "Hey, uh, so." What's all this then? How you win? The
0: uh, the figure who is laying against the building, bleeding. Uh, you very you immediately notice that, though they are bleeding, you don't smell vitae. You don't smell human blood on them.
2: Yes, I'm not a person. Yes. Okay. Uh. So. So you guys.
0: The figure. Their hair is long, kind of tied back in a ponytail, but some of it has fallen over their face. And they kind of turn a little bit towards you and say, I... Oof. I don't know yet. Give me a minute. We'll figure this out.
2: Oh, man. I suddenly wish I were more rawly. Um Okay. Uh... Hmm. Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna take... trying to say if I want to attack or not. Um... What the fuck is this, I say to... What the fuck? What, what the fuck, I just say to this
3: rando.
0: The... They look at you... They, they give the look that says this is complicated. And well, then across... across the way, the ogre figure roars seemingly with delight as he brings down his very large chunk of wood across this creature's back and body and beats it into the ground to the point where the the lightning woman has to run up to him and grab him to stop him from beating this thing further into the ground because it's probably dead but okay, he is I I making this? goddamn certain he's dead
2: okay I guess I'm not needed I just I start I just lean on my pole like it's a cane
0: <laughs> uh Burke and Sonny, you've just seen this well Burke you've just seen what you think is an ogre but considering can I, can I your... do an
1: occult check or
0: something? yeah absolutely go for it
1: Okay, I'm going to mix a cult with uh, intelligence. Okay. For my dice pool, and I got two successes. Okay. So I don't know you... what the difficulty is, but
0: I would say that
1: you I'm looking for any of any information on the... I've only seen the two things or did I see the lightning lady too?
0: You saw the lightning lady, you saw the ogre, you saw the creature.
1: Okay, yeah. So anything that might
0: as best as you can tell, you know that the Ogre and the Lightning Lady are certainly more than human. Um, but they are unlike anything you have ever encountered before. You are... You're at a loss, basically. This is, this is some shit you have never encountered before. Even in your readings, you're not entirely sure what the yeah. fuck this is. Right. Any so, of this.
1: So I'm a little intimidated. I uh, kind of look to, what's the girl's name? Sorry.
0: Oh, uh, the young woman you have you have not introduced yourself yet.
1: Okay. I just say, uh, you need to put the camera away if, if that's all right.
0: She continues snapping and then she looks at you and she says, sweetie really, it's fine, I got this. And she sort of taps you on the shoulder and smiles and takes a couple more pictures and really all that's happening at this point is the ogre is beating the ever-loving fuck out of whatever this thing is. If it wasn't dead by the third hit, by the 20th, it's not moving.
1: Uh, Am I able to persuade her?
0: Uh, well, at this point, the she's snapping pictures. the The ogre has beaten this thing to a pulp and it has stopped moving. And the the woman made of lightning has run up and she is sort of touching the the ogre's shoulder as best she can to kind of try and calm him down. Uh, as this thing has, this creature, or whatever it is, has stopped moving. And the woman with the the camera has. Stop snapping pictures and has, looks over at you and goes man, this is going to be a hell of a story. It's like, are you, are you armed? She kind of looks at you quizzically and then sort of like lifts up her hoodie and shows that she's got a pistol on her head but she goes, oh, fucking, of course I am. What do you think I am? You know, some okay. kind of fucking I, idiot?
1: I put my, my boot knife back in, in the sheet. Oh, okay.
0: Fair enough. Okay.
1: My little so, three-inch three inch sticker.
0: All right. As when you notice that there are two figures on the side of the building, uh, the figure that was slumped over and another figure who is seems to be talking to them. And the lightning woman turns and looks at you, Burke, Sunny, and the other woman who is standing with you and the woman with the camera turns to you and goes, well, uh, I guess that kind of shoots being stealthy in the ass, maybe, I guess. I think they noticed us. And the ogre seems to turn and look at you guys and just kind of looks at you, kind of cocks his head. because uh. He seems to be confused as if you can, he's trying to figure out if you can actually see him Or not.
3: Uh, yeah. Let me put that to bed. Hey, I want to know what's going on with Shrek Tyson's poncho.
0: The ogre looks at you and goes, Oh, shit. And the lightning woman snaps her fingers and immediately returns back to her mortal form. The ogre looks at her, looks back at you... Sort of shakes his head and slowly returns back to the form of a mortal man. He's, again, about 6'7", 6'8". He's bald, African-American man, broad shoulders, big guy, carrying a bat over his shoulder. Uh, The woman next to him is Latina. She's maybe 5'5", curly hair they are both looking at the three of you Sonny, Burke, and your as yet unnamed photographer friend very confused as to how the fuck you saw them as they were. Sylvia, you are still with the the figure by the building.
2: Yeah, at this point I go, hey, can I um help you with that kind of gesture at the wound at the midriff all this uh... they
0: turn their head to you and uh, you notice that they have very predominant stitching across their face uh, from the top of seemingly from the hairline down their cheek under the jaw as well as a couple of uh, bits of prominent stitching across the cheek to the nose and the lip and they sort of gesture with their head towards the building and kind of try to stand up, still holding their side, and make their way back into the building.
2: Okay. Um. I ask if I if they, I ask if I can help them, and if they accept, I'm gonna to try to kind of help carry them in.
0: Okay. They they seem a little hesitant at first, but they let you help them and back in towards in the building.
2: Okay, and if they have a place to sit down, let's let's go sit down.
0: Okay, so you would lead them back to the gurney area where they were previously sort of if, standing.
2: If they're cool, I mean, it looks a bit dirty, but you know, if that's where they want to
0: sit, like yeah, that's that's that is where the figure leads you. Uh, they sit down on the gurney, still clutching their side. the The fluid coming out of their side is black. Oh, that's... It doesn't smell like Vitae at all. It's kind of a hard. It's hard to describe what the smell is. It's just. It's not.
2: Are they Promethean or something? Can I make a, a cult check or an yes, absolutely. Check? Okay, now I have d tens, but I do not have like the vampire dice. How that's totally fine.
0: It's uh, sixer and above is a success.
2: Okay, um, I have a four intelligence, three occult. Is that a seven? Is that seven d tens? Yes. Sweet. Okay, so... 1, two, three, four, 5... 5 successes. Oh, and 1's a 10. I don't know if that's like a super success, but... That would okay. be a, that
1: would that would be be a, a critical. messy critical.
0: Yes, that would be a messy critical. Uh, in this case, that's fine. Um, so, 5 successes. You can tell... from... the scarring on their face, from the smell of the it's not necessarily blood but it could be considered that coming from the wound from the general feeling of disquiet that you get from this person that they are almost certainly a Promethean or they are unnatural of some kind.
2: And do I get can I do a roll on the maybe fairy people as well or is that
0: much you could if you want
2: i totally want okay um
0: okay
2: oh no i only got two successes i guess i don't know that they're fairies
0: (laughs) uh at two success i would say your your attention is mostly on the the bleeding figure that you're helped that you've helped back in you got a pretty good idea that those two figures you saw are probably fey in some way shape or form Okay. uh because not exactly every day that you see a goddamn eight foot tall ogre and a, mm. a lightning woman running around
2: it's the bay I
0: <laughs> that too yeah true
2: okay and i say oh i say to the Caribbean, are you okay do you want to be here
0: they nod at you and say yes this is where i've made my home temporarily this is an un an unfortunate after effect of Poor judgment, oh, they ilky. say. So, Birkinsoni, the uh, the ogre and the lightning woman, have returned to their mortal forms. Uh,
1: I'm gonna go ahead and like approach them at a distance, okay. and uh, I'm gonna do try a roll for insight uh, just to see if they're looking angry or friendly. Um, essentially, uh, I get okay. Three successes, um, and I open up my um, jacket, show them my big knife, and I say, are right, we, we good?
0: Okay. So with three successes, the ogre is still definitely on the He's not at ease at all. He's still very, he's still pumping with adrenaline. From having just fought this thing, the the woman who was previously made of lightning seems to be a little bit more calm. She puts a hand on his on his arm and kind of tries to calm him down, and says, "Like, did you see what just happened?"
1: You're you're you're. um... You seem to be on fire there a little, uh, a while ago. Some kind of lightning witch or something?
0: The the woman with the, the camera, Abigail, as you will find out shortly, blurts out, Holy shit, you were like a giant fucking ogre, and then you were like made of lightning or some shit, and like, he was all like pew pew, and he was all like, Rah! And then, like, the monster's is like, Rar! and, like, I don't know what the fuck just happened, but that was some crazy shit. Holy shit, what the fuck is going on, you guys? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She, like, grabs your shirt and goes, holy shit, Lost Boy, what the fuck is going on? This is some crazy shit, man. Have you seen some shit like this before?
1: Let's go check out the dead body.
0: That's a brilliant fucking idea. And she grabs you by your collar, and she just Drags you towards the corpse of this creature over on the floor. Yeah, I get a
1: little too close to it, you know. If it if it uh, reared its head, it'd probably get me <laughs> easily.
0: From your your inspection, it is. It's mostly a blob. Like even with the legs and the neck and the head, it is mostly a blob. Like it, that it. Formed any kind of legs or any appendages is it, it's a miracle because this thing seems to have no real form other than just black blob of something. The the woman with the camera is busy taking pictures and she's just snapping away going, oh my god, this is holy shit, this, I don't even what the fuck? Don't touch I, it.
1: I pull up my knife and I said, oh yeah, it's a good idea. I pull up my knife and start poking at it But but I look at the two uh, weirdos, and uh, and, you know just to make sure they don't react to me with my knife uh, touching the monster. The
0: the ogre, the ogre man is watching you. He's a little confused by the whole thing by the woman taking the pictures and you stabbing at it with it with your knife. But he's kind of more just confused that you were able to see him as he was? The woman, the lightning woman, looks at Sunny and goes, okay, okay, okay. This is... This is a really weird fucking night already, but I just need to make make sure we're 100% clear here. You saw us...
3: Sis, I don't know how... much more clear woman made of lightning... And Shrek could really be. You have you seen that movie? You know he's an <laughs> ogre, right? <laughs> I mean I know your man's is blue, like no offense. But she
0: nods and goes, Okay, okay, you guys saw everything. Oh. Okay. And she kind of reaches out to the, the, the man who was the ogre and she says Matthew, we've got Let's let's check on Boone. Let's make sure they're okay. And they make their way towards the building again, back inside. Burke, you and uh, Abigail, the uh, fig- the woman with the camera, are currently still standing around the blob creature that is seemingly d- dead. It was beaten very severely by that ogre. Uh, not too long ago. And it ain't moving.
1: Um, I'm just going to uh, kind of blurt out as they walk away. Uh, I'm Burke, by the way. Sunny. And uh, realizing I don't know her name.
0: and she, she smiles and lowers her camera. She says, my name's Abigail. A- uh, Abigail. I knew you were Burke. I kind of saw it in a dream. I mean,
1: Oh, kind of yelling at the Fey
0: people. She's yeah. She 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 smiles broadly and she kind of like reaches out and touches your shoulder and goes, "It's okay, Burke. We're family." And she smiles broadly and you can see the fangs on her upper teeth. She's kind of squeezes your shoulder with a little bit more force than a mortal would be able to give. The uh, the two Fey beings have gone back into the building. Uh, where Sylvia is currently with Boone, the other figure who is currently sitting on the gurney, still holding their side. Uh, Sunny is standing where she was.
3: Yeah, I'm debating on whether or not to go inside.
0: Yeah, kind of watching the, the, the events that have just transpired, watching Burke poke at this blob creature and talking. I, to the woman with you the You know, I'm going,
1: I'm going to snapshot a picture on my phone and just text it to Mr. Sha- uh, Mr. Shadow real quick. That's, okay. That's, that's what I'm, uh, am, I, am I texting Dr. Robinson or Mr. Shadow?
0: Uh, that's up to you.
1: Uh, well, I'll text it to whoever sent me here. It was Mr. Shadow, right? Yes, it was yeah, Mr. Yeah. Shadow. I'm just going to quickly snap and text and just do OMG.
3: Yeah, I think while Burke has his phone out, I'll take my phone out and text the Baron.
2: Just a quick
3: rundown of what happened. Always
2: living on your phones. Never (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When the two Faye come in, I just say, I think your Promethean needs a little patch up. I'm afraid my medical expertise is limited to old ER reruns.
0: (laughs) The, uh, the lightning woman looks looks to the Promethean and looks to her friend Matthew and then without speaking just crosses the room and kind of is, begins to examine Boone to see how they are yeah the entire city is here yeah Boone is they still have their hand across their, their side they're haven't really moved it uh, the the lightning woman kind of seems to be talking to it, to them and they remove their shirt and you can see that they are their body is female and there is a large gash in their right side where something took a chunk out of them uh, the lightning woman raises her hand and you will see as lightning leaves the tips of her fingertips and re- and touches across the body of this promethean and seals the wound without really any marks
3: cool,
0: cool. cool. uh and Sonny, you guys are still outside what would you like to do um
3: do I get a text message back from the Baron yet?
0: You have not received a response back from the Baron yet, no.
3: Okay. The can't, um, I'm
1: gonna... Oh, go ahead,
3: dude. I think I asked Burke if he can cut off a little piece of the monster thing and, like, I think we should let bag a piece of it and like study it or something.
1: You say, you say cut, as soon as you say the word cut, I'm already start sawing into it. (laughs) Yep. Jump.
0: Then Sonny goes, hey, Burke, could you cut? And he's already got like a limb in one hand. He's just just, like, what,
1: huh? Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Just waiting
1: for permission.
0: Yep. (laughs) Burke's just sawing away at one of the arms of this fucking thing. just need a little
3: cube, my guy.
1: I might even take a bit of the blobby flesh off to see, you know, just uh, for... You know. <laughs> okay.
0: Alright, I'm gonna... We'll, we'll I see feel like it just...
3: probably feels like jello, like hard jello.
0: Yeah, They're Some of us
2: are making
3: friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the chunk of the creature's arm that you take is solid and the bit of the body is very gelatinous and almost ephemeral. When you try and pick it up, it is almost completely weightless, and it almost slips through your fingers without even trying. Uh, but you are able to slip it into a pocket, and hopefully, it won't go anywhere. In the well, meantime. my
3: jacket has zippers, so I zip it in. I think it's And of it better not like... fuck up my leather. Okay, it's gonna
0: fuck up my leather. Probably. Uh. So you've you've both texted uh your respective folks uh neither of you have gotten a response but you are both standing more or less by yourselves outside by this dead creature with the woman with the camera uh who has yet to introduce herself who is making her rounds around this creature taking pictures and then
3: Will she introduced herself to Bert?
0: she suddenly stops and goes wait a minute I haven't even actually introduced myself, have I?
3: No.
1: It's my sister.
0: And she she sort of smiles and goes, Hi, I'm Abigail. I'm, well, who I am is not particularly important at the moment. But, uh, yeah, he, this, she points at Burke and goes, Burke, what's your name, right? Burke. Yeah.
1: Burke Devlin. Uh... uh Mr. Shadows, my sire. You, right. must, you must know him.
0: She, she she waves him off. Right, right, right. The lost boy. He's... Mm, family, you could say. Was that the witch? She looks at you and goes, what, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: You know, you said the... What is it? Uh, the beauty, oh, the lost boy, and the witch. Uh... Was that the oh. witch?
0: She from your dream, kind of a, she she looks at you and goes, "Oh no, no, no! I uh, she wasn't one of them, no. But I mean, maybe she's still around here somewhere. I don't fucking know. They're fucking Tremere. They're, they, they they do what they want. They're goddamn blood wizards. That she begins muttering about. You kind of can't tell what she's muttering about. She's just sort of muttering." But every couple of seconds, you can hear fucking Tremere and <laughs> Malkov's balls come out of her mouth, right. and then just a lot of just mumbling.
1: i kind of I kind of chuckle and say, if you say that louder, I bet she might you might attract her.
0: <laughs> Sylvia is currently inside with uh, our Malkavian, or, our, I'm sorry, our Promethean friend Boone and the two changelings. Uh, you two are still outside. Would you like to make your way inside?
3: Yeah, I'm gonna okay. go inside.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I did. All
0: right. So Sunny makes her way inside with Burke bringing up the rear, or Burke shortly behind her, and Abigail bringing up the rear. Inside, sitting on the the gurney is the female figure whose roof their shirt. Their body is very clearly female but you can see a patchwork of scar tissue across their body across their torso that they are very clearly made from different pieces of of flesh Um, this is something that Sonny and Burke you have never seen before this is completely new to you this is this is the equivalent of the first of essentially being embraced like holy shit Frankensteins are a thing kind of, like, this, that's the level of, like, what the fuck am I seeing Yeah, is, that you're experiencing right now?
1: Is Sylvia there, too?
0: Yeah, Sylvia is kind of standing nearby. Uh The Lightning Woman has finished her work on the Promethean, who has, their hand is kind of covered in black goo from the wound. Uh, the Lightning Woman has gone about and is speaking with the ogre man uh, trying to you're not sure what they're talking about but they're talking in very hushed tones um, oh,
1: can I break the silence?
0: if you'd like to
1: it? Are, are one of you the fucking Tremere? her words not mine <laughs> uh,
2: only occasionally not at the moment <laughs>
0: <laughs> as as sylvia speaks up you you hear from behind you of course it's you yeah. for fuck's sake it's gonna be a fucking tremere it's gonna be you hi sylvia how are you as oh. abigail adds a big fake smile to her face as she's desperately trying to hide the fact that she's Deeply annoyed that it happened to be you who was the fucking Tremere in this situation.
2: Uh, I'm doing swimmingly, and you?
0: I just, oh, you know, yeah. Chasing leads, you know. I was, I was taking pictures of ghosts, and then the next minute the fucking my premonition comes to to fruition except that you're not not there because of course you're not because of course the tremere don't show up on goddamn time and then
2: wait, wait i show up on time everyone else
0: is just early thank you okay fine whatever and then like this monster comes flying out of here and then fucking ogre and then the lightning lady and i'm listen i'm There is so much going on right now. I am not entirely sure how much of this is actually things that I'm seeing and how much of this is me just hallucinating. Like, I'm very, very confused right now. And she just sort of sits on the floor, cross-legged, and is just rocking back and forth, kind of mumbling to herself about what has just happened the last, oh twenty 20 minutes of her evening?
2: Cool, cool. So everything's good with you. Um, this... I'm going
0: to go ahead and just sit next to her. <laughs> so what
2: was, uh, what was, I'm sorry, could someone explain what like Texas was doing here? Or...
0: The Promethean kind of straightens up a bit and they look over to you and say, it was an accident is best I could put it
2: well that's fine but what exactly was it
0: pandoran very
2: descriptive they
0: kind of look at you and they nod I I know Uh, they kind of their whole body sort of just shrinks a bit as they try to come to the best way to explain what happened, and the the Lightning Woman, uh, she speaks up and says, "Well, uh, something something went horribly wrong. Basically, uh, we were trying to help Boone, and something came through that shouldn't have, and that's came
2: through she, from where."
0: She points at the wall that the, you passed by earlier that was behind you, and you notice there's a large burn mark and seemingly damage as if something had burst through that wall, but there's no actual physical damage to the wall to suggest that there was anything that came through it. There is just a black scorch.
2: Well, it came through somewhere. Uh, okay. Great. Great. That's great. Uh, okay um i assume it didn't come from like the ship unless the military is recruiting from all sorts of places now
0: um Uh, the promethean shakes their head and says no 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 this was this was a part of my pilgrimage gone terribly terribly wrong
2: yikes uh, do I know what that is? Is that, like, one of the occult things I know from my rollie? Mm,
0: no, that would be something that is essentially... means nothing to you.
2: Okay. Okay, um... Well, I'm... Was that a good ending to the situation? Or is beating it in with the bat good?
0: They, they shake their head. No, that was... far from an ideal situation that was they they kind of glance at the wall and then back out towards the door the doorway where the creature was previously and just go that was
2: a hot fucking mess
0: that's a very good way to put it yes that is they they sort of smile and say yes that was a hot fucking mess as you put it so eloquently
2: thank you i have a way with words um right uh so i'm leaning on my staff and i say well it looks like everyone's out tonight if you are willing to explain maybe we can help you out or i can help you out. i don't know about these the, people
0: the the tall man is sort of scrubs his face his hand over his face and goes all right I'm going to need some fucking answers right here because I'm very goddamn confused about what the fuck is going on. You're how, confused. How the fuck did you three see us? Like, how did you see that we were what we are? Like, you shouldn't be able to see that. That's not a thing. That's that's weird. How... What? You're literally a nine-foot blue ogre,
3: and you want to tell us that's not a thing?
0: I'm very perceptive. The, the woman leans over to him and kind of whispers something. and He looks at her and goes, you've got to be fucking shitting me. And they converse a, br- a, bit, a bit more briefly, and he goes, no, 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 no. no listen. I can accept that there are fucking weird fucking fairy creatures or whatever the fuck it is that took us when we were kidnapped I can accept that I can accept that there are things that were created from dead flesh over here kind of waving at the Promethean behind him but you're trying to fucking tell me that goddamn fucking vampires are a thing werewolves too he kind of glances at you and he's just the look on his face is incredulous i mean look believe
2: he, what you want man
0: he looks back at his companion and goes, goes you sure they're not leech fingers i'm pretty sure <laughs> that they, they've got to be leech fingers there's like really 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 i know Maybe i made I- that shrek comment earlier but don't be rude And he kind of looks at you and the lightning woman kind of, you presses against him to push him back a little bit. She goes, Matthew's still adjusting to a lot of this. He's still trying to figure out a lot of things. She kind of looks at all three of you and goes, so are you guys like actually vampires? Like, is that like a thing?
1: Hey, yeah. Uses uses the guys bringing all the monsters up in here in our quiet right. little town. Well,
0: more
2: things what, than heaven and earth, huh?
1: What what the heck are you? You know you know whose territory this is.
0: She sort of looks at you quizzically and goes, "Uh, not really. I mean, there's a." three hold around here and Matthew kind of gives her a look that she quickly shuts up about that and he goes I, I mean not really I, she kind of brushes some fa- the, the hair from her face for a moment and goes okay you have to understand we didn't know we're still trying to figure all of this shit out you understand like we until we met Boon, we didn't know there was anything else besides us, basically. And now there's you and you guys aren't leech fingers, which is weird. Like vampires are a thing. And the, the tall man just kind of going, Look, I, I, fuck it. He's just, he's just muttering to himself, goddamn fucking leech fingers. Can't fucking deal with these fucking darklings goddamn fucking darklings! This shit—I ain't sign up for any of this shit. I, uh,
1: I, I attempt a leadership role with uh, one success, uh, okay. a, and say, uh, you know what? Uh, you guys just listen up. Get, you're, you're coming. You're coming back with us. You're gonna, you're gonna take your monster and and you're you're bringing it with you, and. Oh rude we're te- we're, te- we're gonna take you to uh, the baron of this territory and you're gonna explain yourselves we're gonna get this all the kinks worked out sound
0: good? everybody looks at Burke as if he's just shit in church they're just all kind of confused as to what the hell he's talking about and
1: I'm calling my van guy
2: wait I wanna <laughs> know how you guys are able to be around like a giant ship in a fucking metal place. There has to be iron somewhere here. Is this... I, this can't be comfortable.
0: The, the the female shrugs and goes, It's not cold steel?
2: Mm, all right. I I don't know. Dude, I say just to Burke. I don't think they're under our jurisdiction.
1: Well, I think it's time for them to leave. The
0: formerly ogre figure looks at you and goes, you gonna make me leave, motherfucker? Bro, it's...
3: I Look, it's Monday. I just saw you beat a heartless to death with a tree trunk. <laughs> I ain't trying to, like, get into shit right now. can we just make shit clear? What the fuck is going
0: on? The Promethean steps up from the gurney and goes raises a hand and says, I can offer at least some clarification as to what the hell is going on here. Please. These two, they motion towards the two changeling figures are to the best of my capabilities of understanding the language would be what what you would consider to be friends. They have found me and have accepted me And have tried to help me along my journey as best they can. That creature was, for lack of a better term, a Pandoran. It's an offshoot, uh, a defect of the creation process of trying to summon the divine fire to create as I am it's it's needlessly complicated and basically the point is these two my companions Matthew and Cynthia are okay they were just trying to protect me
2: so the divine fire is what animates you and you're trying to summon it and that came through why were you trying to summon it you seem pretty animated
0: Boone kind of looks at you and takes a moment to speak and then says it is part of our journey that to achieve humanity to achieve more than what we are we must try to create another like us this was a very failed experiment, in that, unfortunately.
1: I don't like it.
0: And Boone sort of looks at you, and they smile and say, Neither do I, young man, neither do I. Why now? Here. They shrug and say, Well, this is where I am keeping my home for the moment although I feel as if I will probably have to move on after this point it's not exactly easy being one of us one of the unbound we are unnatural even by your standards we are not normal we upset the natural balance of things they pull their shirt back on and cover up their naked torso and the scars that show the patchwork of their skin. And They cross the room towards the darkened part of the room and say, I, I appreciate your help this evening, all of you, but I am very tired and I have much writing to get done. If you wouldn't mind, I'd like to take my leave of you. And Abigail runs over to, to Boone and speaks with them very quietly for a few moments and then runs back over to you guys and just says, yeah, I think we should probably leave.
1: The, uh, uh sorry. Okay.
2: Uh, oh God. Okay. Um, look, I, I take out my notebook. I write down my number and I just say, look, if you, I think we could help each other out. And I give, I give him my number.
0: Okay. Boone takes your number and looks it over and says, "I will keep this in mind. Thank you." And
2: I do it with the with the lightning ogres as well. Okay.
0: They uh, take your they take the slips of paper and Cynthia, the lightning woman, seems much more receptive to it. The Matthew, the ogre, is a little bit hesitant and he takes it, but he he keeps it a wary eye on you. He seems to not quite trust these leech fingers as he's referred to you or darklings as he referred to you. Well,
2: and also just to be clear, my name is not on the paper.
0: Fair enough.
1: Can I ask him a question before he leaves? Who? The ogre.
0: Sure, Matthew. Yeah, whoever
1: was saying that they're on the journey or whatever.
0: Oh, that would be Boone. Oh, okay. And they they are a they. So to be clear... Boone is physically built to be a woman, but they refer to themselves as they.
1: Okay. Uh, what what do you mean by uh, a journey? What's your what's your journey?
0: Boone stops and they look at you and a smile crosses their face and says they say you you have Many questions, many, many things you wish to know beyond just the words you speak. I can see that in you. They reach out and they put a hand on your shoulder and they say, come back and talk to me. We'll, we'll talk. I can teach you some things, I think, and I think I could learn something from you as well.
1: Uh, I, I serve my sire if anything if I ever get the command or if some if bad stuff comes here you know I have no power over that if you are as friendly as you seem to be and uh, aren't safe here if you travel south you could uh, find some cover in the woods without uh, without any territory and you might be might be curious why we're here you know obviously you uh, were a blip on the radar as soon as as soon as you came you know nothing goes unnoticed here and if you're looking for anonymity and protection you know, I don't have any control over what happens here. I mean, you seem like you could take care of yourself, but I am inclined personally to uh, appreciate how fucking mysterious you are and uh, to me and that uh, I don't, I don't mean that lightly. So, like I said, I, I'm faithful to my sire. And, and and simply an envoy. So what happens here? I I hope to have the opportunity to return, and that we meet again, in 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 uh, in, a, in fairer terms. But uh, that remains to be seen.
0: Boone nods, and they smile, and they squeeze your shoulder and say, "I I appreciate that." Uh, there is a there is a kindness in your your eyes that I have I so rarely have seen in your kind there is in your kind that I've encountered in the past there has been much rage much fire much anger but there is a tenderness in your eyes that I have not seen before and they sort of Boone sort of squeezes your shoulder and lets go of you and disappear back off into the shadows of seemingly some sort of bedroom area that they've got set up for themselves in this this building. Which leaves us with Sylvia, Sonny, and Burke, and our two other friends, Cynthia and Matthew, the Lightning Elemental and the Ogre as it were. Uh, both who have, as I said, re- returned to their human form Where's Abigail? Or their... Oh, I'm sorry. And Abigail, yes. Abigail is idly flipping through the viewfinder of her camera, looking at some of the photos she's taken, trying to figure out which ones she can actually use. She's basically keeping herself occupied while also keeping a very keen ear open to what's going on. Cynthia looks around at you and goes Let's let's get the fuck out of here. Let's leave Boone to their privacy. She turns to Matthew and goes, Can you do something about the door? And he kind of rolls his eyes and goes, Yeah, I'll take care of it. And all of you are ushered outside and as you make your way outside, Matthew. Crosses the distance, picks up the broken door, returns back and kind of gets it fitted back into place as best he can and calls it good. And as you're all now standing outside the building in the shadow of the hornet, three, sorry, four vampires and two changelings. Merry Van. <laughs> Quite a merry band you have here. Um... Burke and Sonny, you've... Your senses have told you that... Aside from Boone being... Wrong. By all senses. That... You're in the presence of two... Beings who are... Not mortal, not kindred... Not lupine. There's something else. Obviously, you've seen that. And... This other female you've encountered she seems to be seems to be kindred by all accounts that you can tell she haven't really spoken to her much other than hearing her speak to the promethean and to the changelings briefly but she carries herself with a sense of authority and you get the feeling she's probably kindred so hey boo
3: (laughs) what's up stevie nicks
1: are you are you uh, here uh, by chance as well?
2: Uh yeah, I was told there was some something interesting here. I was yeah, I was I so I thought I'd take a look and it was interesting and, and look, I made new friends.
0: Abigail comes wandering out of the building and she seems slightly annoyed, but at the same time she's very excited about what she's just seen, and she turns to Sylvia and says you know you fucking tremere you can't ever just show up on time can you like i got a, I got a vision
2: look consider how weird it would be if i did show up on time the implications are that there's no free will you should be thrilled that i didn't show up on time
0: i work on i work with visions what do you want from I expect things to work a certain way and when they don't it's really goddamn weird it makes me feel weird and I don't like feeling any weirder than I already do okay at least Sylvia there God.
2: possibly maybe free will maybe Ugh, maybe fine maybe, you know. I mean, whatever about as much as you can determine elsewise.
0: she sort of rolls her eyes and then she turns to Burke and goes anyway I'm sorry I totally didn't introduce myself I'm Abigail And you're a lost, you're my lost, you're my sweet lost boy. And you, she turns to Sonny, looks at you and goes, I haven't figured out who you are yet, but you're intriguing. I'm Abigail.
1: Did any any of you happen to check in with the the Baron over here? Am I the only one that knows uh, a sense of propriety?
0: Abigail... Looks at you and goes, "Where, uh, which baron are you talking?" You know,
1: about? the baron.
0: I. She sort of looks at Sunny, looks at Sylvia, looks at you and goes, "Uh, honey, there's a lot of barons over here in the East Bay. Which one are you talking about specifically? Are you talking about?" Wait, Alameda has about? its
1: own baron.
0: Is she? At this at, at this point, this is when. Uh, Abigail throws her head back and just cackles for a good two minutes uninterrupted just straight up cackling like is this laughing. a town?" As, <laughs> as she kind of regains her composure and goes, "Oh, oh honey, no, no no, no, this is under the protection of of of, of Oakland. I mean, those fucking assholes over on Bay Farm try to claim they've got a they've got a domain. Uh, fuck those assholes! They don't are know what the fuck they're the talking about. Bunch of dicks. Is this your first
2: time in a city?
0: <laughs> Abigail looks at you and goes, "I I think my my precious lost boy is a little confused as to how yeah that damn right. I, 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 see, yeah, he seems to be a bit." confused but that that's okay i'm sure you guys will figure that all out i mean
1: well this excitement i need a glass of warm blood and a nap <laughs> why
3: are you having visions about us seems weird
0: it's, abigail looks at you and goes listen miss fucking fancy pants Goddamn
2: fancy pants
0: degenerate fucking art critic fancy pants fucking Toriadors." Always with your highfalutin bullshit. Those are barely shit.
2: skinny jeans.
0: <laughs> I can't help... <laughs> I can't help that I have visions, okay? It's just part of my thing. It's what we do. Still seems weird. I can't help it, okay? You should complain not... to management. Well, have you decide... Have you tried talking to Antelope Deluvian any time recently? I certainly have I not from what I've heard, it's a bad idea. Doesn't
3: stop me from complaining to men. Well,
0: fair enough.
3: <sighs> okay, okay.
0: So oh, I'm, well. I'm
3: still carrying my pipe.
2: I just I'm like, what? What the fuck is this? Well,
0: yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of the same reaction that Cynthia and Matthew have had. They're just kind of letting you guys <laughs> have your moment, as they're just like, you know what? It's it's very clear to them that this is this is out of their pay grade.
2: So how'd you right. meet a, um, a a Promethean? That you I mean, did, were you guys in the same place
0: or what? Cynthia sort of shrugged her shoulders and says, uh, you know. Things, oh, yeah. things in class.
2: Mm-hmm. College roommates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Matthew the the ogre figure now in human form is silent kind of keeping an eye on all of you just sort of eyeing you all up and uh, Cynthia the lightning elemental woman sort of looks at you and is trying to decide how much she actually wants to reveal and says mm, well we kind of stumbled upon Boone they were eh they were in the area, we ran into them, we tried to offer some help as best as we could. It's not very often that we run into one such as them.
3: That's fair, I guess.
1: So, Are you guys uh, gonna stay in town for a while, or are you gonna run back into the mysterious night? Uh, What's what's your
0: plans?
3: You guys wanna go to Denny's?
0: (laughs) Well...
1: 24 hours.
0: (laughs) And he speaks up and says, uh, we encountered Boone fairly recently. We were trying to help them. Uh, We didn't expect that thing. He kind of motions with his thumb behind him towards the now more or less grease spot that was a creature and says... You know, we were just trying to help a fellow traveler along the way. We didn't really know what else to do. We didn't... We were doing... What well, we
1: you've all set some things in motion here in this town that, you know, at, at this point can't really be undone. So if uh, you don't want to be run out of town, you know, might be in your best interest to just... Uh, present yourself to the uh, local baron or, you know, or just hope for the best. Um, but, you know, there are things in motion here that we don't really have control over, like like I said. And, uh, y- you know, you might get mixed up in some something. If, if you're craving anonymity, then... You know that's done here so you know depending on your intention i mean we can put a good word in for you if you care to otherwise you know uh i i doubt you're gonna be able to just stay <laughs> unbothered for much longer
0: cynthia and matthew look at each other and Cynthia sort of rubs Matthew's arm to kind of reassure him and she says we're trying to keep as low a profile as we possibly can for reasons that we can't really explain at the moment it, there are uh, it, it's very clear that she's struggling with how much she feels like she can reveal at this point to you and she says we we have a safe place we can go. A, if you don't happen to mention what you saw here tonight, or you didn't mention a, that you saw us, that would be super great, because we'd really not have to worry about, you know, a pack of vampires coming after us or something. We have enough problems as it is. Uh,
3: Can I check my text messages and see if the Baron texts me that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I gave him a rundown of Everything that had happened up to the point where we were uh, cutting off a chunks of the monster.
2: Oh my God! Seriously, we already
1: we already snitched.
2: What yeah, the he- hell is wrong with you? Oh my God! The guys. man pays my bills. Okay. Oh my God!
1: Loyal to the and, sire. Yeah,
2: Discretion, guys. Discretion.
1: We were. We were. It's on Instagram.
0: So, oh Burke and Sylvia... God. Burke and Sylvia are unaware that Sonny has notified the Baron. Uh, the Baron has responded. Uh, keep an eye on it. Don't make any sudden moves. Let's see how this okay, plays so out. I
3: tell Cynthia and Matthew, look, I understand that you guys want to keep it on the down low, but I gotta tell you, we're not the only people that are gonna be able to see you for who you are. Uh just so you're aware of that i'll do my best to make sure that you're unbothered you have to stay in the general oakland area for that to happen you stay around the area and you try to stay out of trouble if no more of this kind of stuff happens you'll be all right okay
0: Cynthia looks at you and looks over to Matthew and he seems to be perturbed a bit, but he nods his head and she says we have a safe space not within Oakland, but within the area that we believe is still safe and protected. We Hadn't intended for this to happen. We've honestly tried to keep as low a profile as possible. Right, can. I get There's it. Re-
3: Accidents happen. um I give them my number as well. Okay. If you have another accident, hit me up. I'll see what I can do.
0: Okay. So Cynthia takes your number and looks it over, slips it into her pocket, and says, I appreciate your assistance, and uh, we'll give you a call if we need you. We we need some more help in the future. Uh, what was your name? I'm sorry, I didn't catch it.
3: Oh, Sunny. Okay,
0: thank you, Sunny. I Cynthia. Uh, the, my friend over here is Matthew. Uh, I I I don't think Boone introduced themselves, but that back there was Boone. They they're complicated. If you hadn't already figured that out, they're kind of. A whole thing like they they make a gesture with their hand like I understand like we're weird but like Boone is a whole nother level of fucking weird that even we're not completely even I'm not entirely sure what the hell's going on with them but that's a thing and you know
3: yeah I dated a Bauhaus Scoopy in college once I guess
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Matthew kind of adjusts his shoulders and, you know, moves his his bat a bit and goes, uh, listen, it's been real nice meeting you folks. I appreciate you, uh, helping? I guess? But, uh, we should probably get the fuck out of here. You know, we got
2: got ambrosia to drink, things got to do. circles to dance in.
0: Shit to do, not here with you darklings nothing personal nothing personal at all against you darklings we just need to get get going to do
1: things I realize you were here by chance but if you care at all about your friend you'll either get him out of here or you will protect this area from whatever the heck he's doing because I think his time is pretty short here
0: Uh, Matthew looks at you and kind of stares you down and says I'm going to take that not as a threat and take it as a simple statement. We will do as we please, as we have. We will assist our friend Boone as we can. But it seems like you stumbled into our into a mess that wasn't your own so maybe you should keep your darkling ass out of it or i'll knock yeah, you... you across the fucking parking lot like i did that monster over there and you could tend kind to of see sylvia pushing him back trying to keep him from starting some shit because he's very clearly trying to start some shit Boy you're I...
2: both pretty Let's
1: all settle I li- down. <laughs> I live in a, I live in a cult commune. I've walked into some sticky messes before. Oh my god! You've got your sticky mess, and we've got ours, and it's hey, all.
3: Bert, shut up, man. He he
0: he sort of puffs his chest out, and he says, "How you wouldn't know the first thing about what I've been through, you fucking darkling piece of shit."
3: Bro, you didn't oh. even know we existed until 30 minutes ago. So let's let's just calm down.
0: Shrek and Fire, wow.
3: it's been great. <laughs> <We> got- <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys were all up in our backyard. I'm trying to extend some hospitality. I get the hackles are raised. People are getting on each other's nerves. Let's just separate and take a nap.
0: Cynthia smiles and says, I, 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 I apologize for my associate. He's at times quick to temper. We'll, we'll be on our way. Thank you for your hospitality. We will be on our way. Please leave our friend alone. They are going through a lot right now. They're, it's complicated for that. I do a, yeah, I do a, I do like a call. I, it. I do a call me
1: gesture. Call me. <laughs> bye bye now.
0: Anyway, you have my
3: number. Uh, Hit me up. Let me know if Boone needs anything like a gift basket. Do they eat? I don't even fucking know, but they're real rough right now. I'm kind of worried about them. Seriously. <laughs> <They're
2: real laughs> Dramas.
0: So the, the two changelings make their way off into the night. You can tell that they're having a bit of a heated conversation as they make their way. Matthew is very, from his body language and from the bits of conversation you can hear from him walking away, he seems very frustrated and ready to fight. And oh Cynthia God, is very much trying to keep him calm and bring him back down to rationale. And so you are now four kindred. Standing outside of a building, Sylvia, Burke, Sonny, and your new friend Abigail. Around what time is her... it? It's about mm, at this point. It's probably about midnight.
2: Okay. Oh, so we still have a rich full night.
0: Yeah, you still got time tonight. Sweet. Abigail looks at you both, looks at all three of you, and goes, "Well, that's uh." hell of an introduction hi there i'm uh in case you guys didn't catch my name i'm abigail um sagittarius i live around here you know do things and stuff are you How are you, you Malcavian? a smile you can see the hint of a smile sort of tugging at her cheeks and she looks at you and goes now what on earth would give you that idea my little brother
1: you know i can't honestly say it was something webby and tingly and warm and very (laughs) very very creepy but i liked it but i really liked it
0: she she leans over and kisses you on the cheek and says you're such a sweet boy my my sweet little lost boy i love that Real she looks over in
3: the
0: attic over here. <laughs> <laughs> she, she looks over at, at Sylvia and she goes, "Okay, I'm sorry for calling you a fucking Tremere. It wasn't personal. It was just I was frustrated because I had a vision that you were supposed to be there and then you weren't there, and then you know." It...
2: Yep. Yep. No. Don't worry about it. None taken.
1: Who's your sire?
0: She looks at you very cross and says, That's a very rude thing to ask.
1: Very personal question. Mine's Mr. Shadow. He's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think.
0: She she kinda cocks her head at you very quizzically and goes, Oh my sweet, sweet lost boy, there's so much to teach you.
1: Obviously.
0: And she looks over at Sonny and goes, Now you, you, you I don't know you. You're, huh.
3: Yeah, I get that a lot.
0: <laughs> she, She's very confused. Like, she looks at you and she's like, you, you've got that bruja fire about you, but you're clearly a Victoria, I, I don't look.
3: It's as annoying what? to me as it is to everyone
0: else. And she smiles and kind of nods and goes, "That that that's fair. I, that that makes sense. You're you are a walking contradiction, my dear. Yeah. And how and on earth did you end up with my sweet lost boy? That doesn't. I'm. St- she kind of shakes her head. I've been trying to figure that out since I had the dream. I. I trying desperately to figure out how in the fuck this my sweet lost boy ended up with you and the the blood witch over here. No offense, of course, Sylvie. I don't, you know. Uh Nothing personal. I
3: am am what I am. Burke's the uh, new hot shit in Oakland, don't you know. So, you know, the boss had to set him up with the buddy system and I'm the best buddy around. So, here we are. She's a pretty
1: good She's a pretty good buddy.
3: Thanks,
0: man. <laughs> she nods and smiles. and She kind of looks over at Burke and goes, Do you know many of us? Like, others like us?
1: Uh, I, I dabble. Uh.
0: She kind of gives you the side eye and goes, You don't know many of the family, do you? Are you
3: guys in like some weird vampire Manson family?
0: She kind of glances at you with a bit of anger in her in her eyes, but then it kind of softens, and she smiles and she goes, "No, not so much Manson family as much as we have, mm, we have all." We all have a unique connection to each other. It's oh,
2: that's dope. Like the board?
0: Kind of? Like As long
3: as y'all not trying to start a race war, we're cool.
0: <laughs> she shakes her head. She, no, no, no. I, we Malkavians are... We're too busy seeing things. And,
1: you, you know, I come from pretty sheltered community Uh, this is sort of my first foray into larger political happenings Uh, I don't know much about my clan I'm, I'm terribly interested in it I mean I would love to have you explain more to me if not on this particular quest so to speak um maybe in the future are you from around here?
0: She nods. I, yeah, I'm from around here. Don't worry. Are there you'll... are there more of us? She smiles broadly and she says, "Oh, oh my sweet lost boy. Once you meet the rest of the family, you'll understand. You'll you'll be fine. You you just need some time to to meet the rest of the family and you'll 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 understand. I can I can I can tell that you're untapped potential is the best way I think I could put it. You're you don't know what you really the power you really possess just yet.
3: I say be to her straight girls after three beers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she, she turns her attention to, to Sunny briefly and says he's she sort of smiles and says he's naive keep him out of trouble. I, I I want so desperately for him to be okay. Can you do that for me, Sunny? I'll do my best. Which Oh, that's wonderful. Thank so you so much. So you're not coming with us? She turns to she looks at you and goes, "I I got other things to do. Sorry. I got my own haven. I got business to attend to, you know. I I, I plenty of stuff to do, but we'll we'll be in touch. Don't worry." She Scribbles out her phone number on your hand and says, "Don't worry, we'll be in touch. You, you'll find me. You'll find me. Don't worry, Sylvia."
2: Yep. See you mm-hmm. around.
1: <laughs> right. And
0: Abigail just sort of dashes off into the end of the night to do whatever it is she's doing. She's
1: nice. Yeah, is she? Mm-hmm. I, I look at Sylvia's clothes. I'm like, you gotta take me shopping.
2: <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, but I don't he's, know. He's, I don't know if I, I can't. That hair is really impressive, man. I don't know if I can find something that will complement it.
1: Well, these corpse these corpses uh, clothes don't really uh, don't really he's match match my personality, you know.
2: I don't know. I like it. You gotta. It's a. It's a. It's a retro.
1: Yeah. Well I like what you got going on. Oh, I'll say that.
3: Oh you. It's like the whole rumors album came to life. <laughs> That's what I was going for, thank you.
1: Total totally a compliment. Oh you. Are are you from this region?
2: Uh yeah, I'm no I'm across the bay. But uh I you oh. know, I I come out here a fair amount. I've only been okay. in town for a little while now.
1: So, do you intend on checking in with the Baron?
2: Already there, buddy. I think I met Abby. She doesn't like when you call her Abby.
3: That's why you do it, though. Huh? Oh, it absolutely is.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> she hates you calling her Abby. But... Yep.
1: Is Abby a Baron?
2: No, but I never you know. Nope. I've checked in, don't you worry.
1: Okay. So uh, cool. y'all wanna
2: go to Denny's? I could eat a
1: waitress. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Queen. Um <laughs> Well well hey, we're supposed to go to San Francisco and talk to the prince. Um oh boy. You might
2: yeah. need tonight, like Yeah, oh well, no time like the present, I suppose.